At the end of the day, when you're all alone in the dark, the only thing that counts is this, the law. And you will be alone when you swear to uphold these ideals. For most of us, there's only dust in the streets. For the few of us that survived to old age, the proud loneliness of the long walk. A walk that every judge must take outside these city walls into the unknown and there spend your last remaining days taking law to the lawless. This is what it means to be a judge. This is the commitment I expect. Judgment time. Hello and welcome to Dread or Dead, the internet's biggest and best Judge Dread podcast. I'm with Adam the Computer. Adam, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Dave. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, yeah. Hope you're doing well. We're always fighting crime. You know, <laughs> 500 million citizens, every one of them a potential perp. But God, <laughs> I love it. Yep. Um, Judge Dredd, the Judge Child Quest, uh, an early absolute classic um, in 2008D Judge Dredd history. I want to say it was around 1980 if I remember correctly, from the cover dates on the uh, issues uh, or on the progs, as they call them, in 2000 AD, um, which means the comic had been going for three years. So, you know, Dread had a momentum, and I think you can clearly see um, just, you know, the evolution that had taken place within the strip from what we started doing to three years later. Could you see that straight away? Yeah, I mean, this early stuff, uh, they definitely seem to go with the format of, here's a wider story, but we're going to do like three chapters at the beginning and then, you know, eight chapters at the end, and there's going to be a bunch of stuff with him journeying. Yeah. Um, You know, we've done a lot of stuff like that, and I think by now, I think they really perfected that formula. I think this is my favorite of those earlier type things that we've done. Oh, yeah. Reading this, and I haven't read it for years, but it's, I want to say this, when I first, first got into 2000 AD, um, this particular storyline just kept being mentioned uh, sort of inside the letters columns and just in, in, in terms of the fan culture, like it's revered. Um, oh, and I always wanted to read it because it's considered like a really early landmark Dread Goes Into Space. It's the first appearance of Hershey. Uh, who becomes chief judge a bunch later, uh, and a regular supporting character. Like, And the arts worked beautiful. And so when I finally tracked it down, I was always like, man, I hope it's going to live up to its reputation. But it does. And reading it again last night, I read it in one sit-down, sit um, and I haven't read it in probably 10, 15 years. I was struck again by just how good the stories are, and as you say, how it weaves between episodic, episodic storytelling and yet still has the judge child at the end. Yeah, and you know, a lot of times when, and I would say this for our other podcast, uh, the Legion Outpost as well, where, um, you know, these episodic storytellings, a lot of times they rely on some kind of like twist or something, you know, to yeah. kind of make the short story um, interesting. And I think they do a real good job of perfecting that in these pages yeah now before we get into um judge child quest i did want to do a couple of mentions of current 2000 ad or at least releases current releases so 
Judge Dredd case files 38, which collects the law and order from the very beginning. Uh, 38 has just been released, which I believe takes us to about year 2003, 2004, r- around that region. Um, I've got all 37 previous ones on my shelf, Adam. Um, it's impressive. I'm not making any mistakes. Oh, look, I'll say it is such a worthwhile buy, you know, because they uh, it covers it all, which is what I love. Like, it goes from the very beginning... Yeah, and it's raw in the beginning, and we've done that. But then quickly, you know, this this Judge Dredd, Judge Child Quest was in Case Files Volume 4. Um, you know, and there's just so many classic stories here. And, um, yeah, it's just a great way to collect Judge Dredd, I think. Yeah, you know, I was at the library the other day, and also I just want to note, I'm trying to be quick on the mute button on my mic because oh. I have a bit of a <clears throat> tickle in my throat. So I'm just... Oh, just FYI, I hope I can get those. It's that pack-a-day habit. That is, it, is it that pack-a-day I... habit? Is it the pack-a-day? <laughs> you know? Oh, five packs a day. Five packs a day and the heroin addiction. It's, it's costing you now. <laughs> like, you're just living a, yeah. you're like a rock star over there in, in Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> well, that's how we all do it here, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I guess I saw one of those volumes at the library. Yeah. And I was surprised by how thick it was, you know. It was almost awesome. like uh, one of the essential volumes. Maybe not quite as big as the essential Marvel yes. volumes. The but early are ones they all are thicker. About that thick? The early ones are all that thick, and as they get into color, um, yeah. and they start doing the, which I like, they also start doing their magazine Judge Red stories. Uh, they're slimmer, um, but okay. yeah, because of the color, yeah. that makes sense. But yeah, it's awesome that they, they wanna... put the magazine stuff in there because then it really does feel like they're getting everything. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I yeah, I think they they probably had some pushback because I'm not sure if they did it originally. In fact, I'm pretty confident they didn't. And it doesn't cover everything that was in the magazine because there's so much of the magazine is Dread's world rather than right. just Dread. So they don't put in Dread's world, you know, like all the sort of spin-offs. But they do a pretty good job. Like, I mean, honestly, I, st- I, I picked up, I had them all on my shelf and then I just decided like oh, almost two years ago to start reading from where I dropped off the comic. You know, like... I sort of knew roughly where I dropped off the comic um, at the time and thought, I'm going to start reading Judge just from there. And I've now read probably eight more, nine more volumes um, of the magazine since then, maybe ten, and, and I'm cruising through. Um, it's, 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 it's a, Well, it's a great read. I mean, you're just getting... The, the thing is, John Wagner writes so much of it that... Mm-hmm. Um, the quality never really dips because he's behind the controls, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, I mean, yeah, there are plenty of, like, throwaway stories, but that's kind of part of the fun, you know? Yeah, and I will say this is more commentary on the comics industry as a whole, but it's just awesome how great all these companies are doing at collecting their old stuff, you know? Like, oh, making yeah. it available. Like, uh, when I was a kid, mm. if I wanted to read... Uh, whatever how many years of judge dread 30 40 years by that point sure um it wouldn't have been possible right because like i couldn't have tracked down all the issues i probably could have started to get them through like a torrent or something but uh, now you can get them all on paper it's great yeah i mean 2008 were ahead of the curve uh because they had from the 80s they had a best of 2008 monthly which reprinted their old stories in a very affordable sort of magazine, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. So, like, it costs more than the weekly uh, prog, the weekly issue, but 
for people who were coming onto it, like I was in about 86, 87, there was a lot of gold, and so they cut, they, they reprinted their old stories. And then they were so successful that they probably had so much demand for people saying, well, we want just Dread. So they started reprinting Dread from the beginning um, mm. in the same format, like in a different mag- you know, in a different spin-off, which I collected. And that's how I read a lot of the early stories, which I knew so much about, you know, because they were mentioned so much. Um, but I got to read all those early stories. That's how I first read them because, you know, and, and they also collected um, in Titan books, and I've got quite a few of them on my shelf, in sort of big album-sized um, kind of graphic novels, like bigger than a normal graphic novel. Um, mm-hmm. So that's how I read Judge Child Quest last night because I've got it in like three formats. Um, so 2008D were ahead of the game um, when it came to reprinting their stuff. They were doing that. For yeah, the that 80s. is nice. Um, it it kind of reminds me, I guess, of like Marvel. They had um, Marvel Tales, where they think they reprinted like the Amazing Spider-Man stuff, or Amazing yeah. Adventures reprinted the X-Men stuff. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it yeah. wasn't high end. It was aimed uh, at the regular reader on the newsstand. Like, so a lot yeah. of people read the classic stories of Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy, and all that. They read that as reprints, you know. And I remember as a kid. Um, like a young, young kid, like a lot of the DC stuff, there was reprints available, you know? Um, mm, yeah. And you would just pick it up and you sort of wouldn't... I mean, unless it was really like that old style, like old, old. You know what I mean? Like, um, you're like, wow, that's like Superman from like the 50s or 40s or something. Like, But like often you'd read it and you'd just be loving it because you weren't kind of even aware that it wasn't so-called new, if you know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot, of, lot of stuff. I also remember on. as a kid, like not knowing how a story ended, and yeah. just kind of being okay with it. You know, I was like, oh, I really liked that. That was a really cool, yeah. complete story where it starts with Batman being, you know, because a lot of issues will start with the cliffhanger from the previous yes. issue being resolved, and then ending with a cliffhanger. But yet, I still found that satisfying to read comics that way. But uh, I tell anyway. you something <laughs> they did, which because I'm reading a lot of the Brave and the Bold on World's Finest, you know, because I've I've got in those collections. I, I enjoyed when they would open up with Batman sort of in the middle of the story, but it was actually the start of the story. So it would open with, like, a climactic uh, bit of action, and then it goes... Like, that's how they often did it back then, you know? Oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. Not even, like, a two-parter. It was just in yeah. media res. In media res. They, they did it all the time in The World's Finest and Brave and the Bold because it was... Oh, and cool. then it was, like, a week ago, you know, and then it cuts to Hawkman or something and then it, it builds up to it again. Like, it was obviously oh, a, a storytelling cool. technique um, to introduce almost, like, a second cover was, was, the, was the splash page. Um, yeah, it was just interesting, you know. Like, it was interesting... Uh, Development now. So the other thing was, two thousand AD uh, Rebellion, who own two thousand AD, are doing a sale at the moment as well. Um, I'm quite keen to get Rebellion to sponsor our podcast. So um, I do recommend people yeah. check out two thousand AD dot com. There's a lot of cool stuff on there, and there is a lot of cool stuff in the. You, you can get if you're if you're wondering where to get stuff uh, for two thousand AD, and it, how possibly you're in the US. Um, it really is the best place to go um obviously you've got amazon but i mean you can get all the digital files there as well so it's it's paperback and digital um and i uh, can t- right from rebellion you say yeah 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 and oh. it's just 2000 ad 
com and shop.2000ad.com and yeah there's a lot of stuff there so i thought i'd point listeners to that because you know a lot of the stuff we're doing sometimes they're like well where can i find it now you can find this judge child quest in in judge red case files volume four um so it's it's easily it's easily uh there and i must say that there's a really great um cover on judge red case files 38 which is dread and then he's surrounded by almost what look like, oh, not Reservoir Dogs, but they kind of look like Reservoir Dogs, sort of people in suits and stuff. It might be Reservoir Dogs. I don't know. Like you'd have to check it out. But it's 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 obviously a tribute to something. Uh, I think it's Hong Kong. On, K- on Case Files Four? No, no. This is on Case Files Thirty Eight, the new one. Oh, um, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Now we'll we'll turn to. Now I do want to mention that um, this Judge Red. Uh, Judge Child Quest was the beginning of Alan Wagner's and John. Uh, sorry, I'm getting their names confused. Alan Grant and John Wagner's uh, writing collaboration on Judge Red, which went for many years. So, um, 1980 is when Alan Grant uh, came on to co-write with John Wagner, and they used a number of pseudonyms for whatever reason. I think sometimes just to humour themselves, really. And their pseudonym for this one was John Howard. But that was actually Alan Grant and um, uh, John Wagner co-writing, and they wrote they wrote together until the end of the Oz storyline uh, in the late eighties on on Judge Dredd, and both of them are huge two thousand AD creators, you know, obviously, and a lot of people would say it's the golden age of Judge Dredd, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was assuming when I saw the name, I thought that might be the case of the collaborating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty cool. They had another one, TB Grover. I remember was another uh, name they mm. used. I, I'm not sure. I, I think partly it was a bit of a joke, and also partly it was kind of a way of uh, the current then owners of 2008D just signing off. They would have had an issue with signing so many paychecks to to two people, so they used yeah. like fake names and stuff. I I believe it's a mixture of the two things, but I also think that um, there's a fair bit of you know uh, humor just going on there. Um, now we open up with the first page, beautiful artwork, and it is Brian Boland, and it says, find the child who bears the eagle mark, only he can save Mega City 1, and you see the judge child there, and speaking of opening in media res, this does, doesn't it? It sure does, yeah, Yeah. and then we're going to flash back, right? Yeah, exactly. So you see Dread, a perfect looking Dread by Brian Boland, and a lot of people would say that's their classic image of Judge Dredd, you know, um, coming in with the bike cannon, which he loves using, just opening up um, to the slavers. You, you slavers got got a choice, surrender or die. Uh, and then and then he's like, death it is then. <laughs> and you see the bike cannon going. And he's got the law, lawgiver going. So he's he's driving with one hand, he's firing with one hand, and he's got the bike cannon going on both things, and he's just blasting the hell out of these slavers, isn't he? Really? Uh, yeah. And then he pulls this guy into like sand, uh, quicksand, I think, or sulfur water, sand. Maybe. Yeah, it's like basically quicksand. And 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 then we get the um, answers to what six months ago slavers attacked a settlement east of here. This boy Owen Chrysler was taken. I want that boy. Um, and then it goes. Our story begins many days earlier and far to the east. Um, and it shows Judge Fay, the city's oldest precog, who's about to die, but his predictions, because precogs, as we know, um, see the future. Um, 
I think they're a they're a division of the PSI division. Um, and he sees a war more ghastly than any we've known. I saw our city destroyed, and from the destruction, the foul creatures rose to prey on the survivors. This will happen in the year twenty one twenty. Yeah, and he he sees that this he has a name. Owen Chrysler, he can guide us through the darkness, find him, find the judge child. Um, so interesting. And I wanted to note, um, according to the cover of this, it starts in the year 2102. I'm not sure if they mentioned that in the story, but uh, so we got about 18 years before. Yeah, uh, and, and you know what? I'd be fascinated to know um, what <clears throat> 2008 D, surely 2008 D would have done an event, you know, when the actual year 21. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah and, and you know what? I'm I'm looking into that because cause they, they've done so many, uh, how can I say, um, events and, you know, earth-shattering consequences and stuff, but I'm sure that, that they would have done, um, and I'll, I'll look that up while we're talking because I'm sure they would have done an event in the comic because the comic goes in real time. I don't know if you're aware of that, but a year... Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, a year yeah, in the Yeah, I was comic, kind of aware yeah, a year in the comic is a year in in the city in into in in Mega City One. So, eighteen years from nineteen eighty would make it nineteen eighty eight. Ninety eight, or you said nineteen ninety eight? Yeah, nineteen ninety eight. Which which I'm not sure what event, but we'll we can look into that. But anyway, it's cool. Um, so basically, Dred's on a mission to find this guy. Um, and they say many of the precogs predicted atomic crisis in the early twenties. This is the clearest vision we've had of it. Um, and then I love that Dredd goes to this um, settlement, and there's this is—I've always found this guy so bizarre. He's kind of like an ostrich, but with like a yeah. sort of humanoid head. <laughs> I think that's something that um, Brian Ballin does really well. Like I remember the covers for his Animal Man or Doom Patrol, and he would just draw something that's just like bizarre, but yet yeah, interesting, and can't really look away. Yeah, no, he's he's very cool, and you you wonder just the the creativity at times, you know, like like I kept I kept looking at the little details, like in all these pages, the artwork is so good, you know. Oh yeah, for sure, and I was gonna say also, um, uh, the issue later that we'll get to where the guy is starting to fade away, like a piece yeah, by piece, the jigsaw guy, like yeah. some of the stuff that he did there was just like crazy, you know, it's very abstract and interesting. Here we go. I'm looking at um, wow the 2120. The disaster predicted by Faye does not come to pass. The zombie storyline, the zombie dread st- stored in the Black Museum, sponta- spontaneously reanimates, but is destroyed by dread. That feels like it's like a missed opportunity to like. Well, I just uh, googled Judge Dread prophecy, mm. and it came up with a story called City of the Damned. I don't know if I'm that's 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 kind of a sequel oh, okay. to this. Uh, yeah, that's 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 a sequel to to this that took place a few years later, but it wasn't in twenty one twenty. Yeah, I've read that storyline. It's um, it, it it's considered not one of the best, but I enjoyed it. But it, it is kind of a sequel to to this storyline. But um, I think it's weird that they actually, you know, they do twenty one twenty and they're like, oh, the disaster does not come to pass, and it's like, oh, gee, really? Well, it's well, like um. When uh, Iron Man, they did the Iron Man 2020 when that yeah. was 2020. Yeah, so yeah. it's like missed opportunity. It was opportunity, yeah, exactly. 
Um, and now this guy, which I always forget, the eagle is actually a birthmark. It's it's not just painted on. It's actually a birthmark on his head. Unfortunate. Yeah, it is a bit unfortunate. <laughs> um, and then um, that guy's saying, yeah, the kid was a real strange one. He didn't cry when we strung up his ma and pa. Made no fuss at all. It was like he was going to happen. And then I love the way Dredd, like, gets him out, but then he just leaves him to the people who are going to hang him. <laughs> yeah, he, he said, hey, wait, you promised. He said, I kept my promise. You're out of the sulfur sand. Yeah. He's going to hang. You're going to dangle, slaver. <laughs> uh, and we actually do see him dangling there off, off of that sign on the last Yes, we do. Up. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, 2000 AD. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Brian Boland. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's pretty cool. And then we go to... Oh, well, actually, yeah. I wanted to... This, uh, <clears throat> he sends a radio contacts impossible through the cursed earth. The pod will carry word back to Mega City 1, so it's kind of oh, cool. So he sends yeah. this like bullet like capsule back to communicate to Mega City 1. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's good spotting me because I missed that. And, um, yeah, imagine that pod coming in. You'd want to make sure you had your aim <laughs> pretty direct. Like It just For comes sure. into the city and just... Kills a few people. <laughs> in the name of justice. In the name of justice, dreads like, yeah, fuck it, a few civilians dead. You know, um, I'm sure he would justify it. Uh, then we had, um, and I love this guy's artwork, Ron Smith. Now, a lot of people, he's a love him or hate him, 2018 dread artist. I always liked his style, but it is very sort of different to Brian Bolden's style. Um uh, but but I enjoy it. What do you think of this art style of Ron Smith? So yeah, I was gonna say um, there's I I couldn't keep track of the artists here, so I could be thinking of someone later that I really grew to appreciate. It might be a different artist, but I do like this style. Um, it almost looks like something you could see in Mad Magazine. Though. Yes, agreed. Yeah. I agree. I agree yeah. with you very much there. Um, yeah, and he did a lot of dread. Um, uh, that I've read uh, over the years. You know, he, he I think he passed away a few years ago, um, but an excellent artist. And then we have Dread Undercover, um, and there's this, um, basically, is he, he's like the carnival guy. Can't you see I'm having my lunch stranger come back? Holy smoke, it's... And he's like, Judd Dread's the name. Give me any trouble, and you'll be sucking dum-dums for dessert. And he's like, fully, like, choking the guy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's like he's not holding back with that with that choke. <laughs> it's very... Yeah, and it looks like he was eating a hot dog, and he still kind of got the hot dog in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, um, and then so he's asking who's this Faro guy, who's the um, leader of the garbage men, uh, the Brotherhood of Trash, um, and Dread says, "Strange how the cursed earth throws up these crazy religions. They aren't religious; they're just bad types." out for what they can get from Pharaoh. He's crazy as a cockroach, thinks he's some kind of garbage god. Uh, and basically, um, this Pharaoh guy, I love this Pharaoh guy, and he um, collects memorabilia and artifacts from the past and um, sells them um, at exorbitant prices. And then, so Dredd puts himself on the auction block, which I love. And you see the guy where he's like holding Dredd's like, mouth open to show the teeth and stuff. Uh, he's yeah, in yeah. he's in prime condition, folks. Lower that jaw, boy. Let the customers see those teeth. <laughs> yeah, I want to call out real quick that this um, you said Ron Smith, I think is his name. Mm. Uh, you know, I really love the ball and stuff and the detail that he puts in, and he is really good about uh, like drawing the details. But this Ron Smith guy, like he's great too. Where yeah. like um, every panel, 
you know, he could have like five guys in the crowd, but instead he's like, oh, here's a hundred people in the background. And it's like, you don't have to do that, man. <laughs> no, I know. He, um, yeah, and you, you sort of like, you find yourself looking at it just going, wow, the level of, yeah, exactly detail and attention to detail. And remember, these guys were punching out their scripts weekly, you know? Yeah. Um, they always say it's one of the hungriest comics, 2000 in terms of content. It just constantly needs content uh, to put out a weekly comic. And by the way, uh, breaking news, actor Jossie Smollett found guilty of falsely reporting a hate crime. This is a guy who should be sent to the cubes for like 10 years, as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> you, you're familiar with this guy uh, over there? Um, he, yeah, it's yeah. unfortunate. Like, there's enough, like, um, unfortunate news and hate that. Yeah. Why, the, why do you feel like you have to, like, add to it? I don't know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he, yeah, he he tried to insert himself into the news in the most lame way possible. Yeah. I hope he gets um, I hope he gets ten years, you know. Um, but they're saying that like, oh, you know, he won't get um, he won't get jail time. It's like, why not? He's wasting everyone's time. Yeah, rich rich people don't go to jail like the rest of us. I mean, I don't know how rich he is, but he's definitely like been acting for some time. He has been. I, I like his sister. She's quite good looking. She is, and I, I give her an exemption because I am, you know, kind of keen to throw the whole family in prison. But, like, yeah, no, she, <laughs> she is okay. I mean, she's she's tried to stay away from this disaster, you know? Uh, I mean, I would. <laughs> so would I. I'd wash my hands of him. I'd come out of the press and slam him. <laughs> Never liked him. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a clown. Um, that feels like that's been going on for years now. When did that even start? Yeah, it, it reared its ugly head again relatively recently, I think. But, um, yeah, no, it was like back in like 2018 or 2019 that this clown uh, went through it. Remember, like, he, he was like, oh, yeah, not only was it like homophobic slurs, it was like that they they hung him and stuff, you know? Or Yeah, like they wanted to or threatened they, to, I thought. Threatened to or wanted to, wanted to hang him up, like old style, like lynching style. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bringing it right back to the Stone Ages, like... Anyway, but I know what Dredd would say. I, I, I go on, how would Dredd treat this guy? He'd already be in prison. Yeah, he'd be at that, uh, one of those prisons where they, <laughs> what's the one in the first issue where they're Devil's up on like, a platform by the traffic? Yeah, 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 yeah. stuck stuck there. Um, yeah, <laughs> that would be funny, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, so Dredd's on the, on the auction block. And he sold to the Brotherhood of Trash. And I like the way the guy's trying to get the price going up. And he's like, the little runt's getting too greedy. And he like crunches his foot with his boot. And so he then sells to the Brotherhood of Trash. Um, and yeah, it's it's fantastic. And, and can I just say, when I was reading this on the in the album version, which I was reading last night, you really see the art blowing up, just how much more detail there is. Like, looking at it on my iPad screen for the for the case files, um, you don't get a sense of just how great the artwork is, like, when you see it on the bigger page, you know? Gotcha, so the album is just... just um, it, it just looks you better, know. you know? But it's this... Okay. I guess uh, they used to do, like, album style in DC stuff, and what yeah. they would do is they'd cut, like, two panels and put it on a page and then the next two panels. Oh. So I, I want to make sure you didn't mean something like that, but yeah. No, it's just bigger. It, it's, <clears throat> if you think of like a regular magazine, that's about how big it is, you know? Gotcha. Okay. Just, a, yeah. just a bit bigger than your normal comics. Um, and oh God, I, I'm trying to remember if 2000 AD, I want to say 2000 AD was bigger than a normal American comic anyway. 
you know, in terms of Yeah, size. I mean, from the ones I've seen, I feel like they always have been. Yeah, exactly. We should get John Wagner in here to confirm that. Uh, John, just calling you up. Um, can you just <laughs> confirm? He's like, you couldn't find this out of the other way. We thought we'd go direct to the source. You know? Yeah, <laughs> but while we have it. <laughs> yeah, while we have you, could you sit down to do a page-by-page examination of Judge Child Quest? He's like, what am I getting paid? Nothing. This is publicity. <laughs> this is publicity for a very much acclaimed work. Um, I love this Pharaoh guy, how he's got like the statue of himself and he's like converting everything into um he's converted memphis into um ancient egypt like um in the cursed earth obviously memphis tennessee i guess um he's converted it to look like ancient egypt with like massive statues of himself it's awesome yeah and everything is like a tribute to garbage so that's good yeah, fun. yeah he loves garbage um and then you see him lowly mortals i stand before you a god yes a god have I not built monuments even greater than the ancient gods? Do I not have the power of life and death over thousands of you? Is not my garbage fine? <laughs> and then, like, I like the way that there's guys in the crowd going, he's stark raving mad. And like his own followers are like fully d- doubting him as well. Because <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got like this massive death wish. Um, and then you see what makes Pharaoh think he's going to die tonight. Bird Boy has predicted it and he's never wrong. He sees the future. Bird boy, does he have a mark like an eagle? And then so he's like, I he's like, I found the judge child, not before time, got to work fast. Um, so then we see Dread very much with the gadgets. A small transmitter was concealed beneath a strip of synthy skin on Dread's arm. Um, and he's communicating with the bike. Now, were you aware the bike could go full automatic before this? Yeah, I'm not sure. <coughs> Yeah. I wasn't you know, I wasn't like surprised, but yeah. Yeah, it's cool that it does though, because he's like giving it these things. I like the way the bike just opens up. Each shot was deliberately off target. It's a ghost rider come to punish us for our wickedness and you see them all running away. <laughs> and then and then Dred's like, Not you garbage boy and just like slams that guy. <laughs> yeah, and they all uh their names are all basically whatever they have around their neck. So there's like brother I assume that's brother wrench and brother frying pan and <laughs> <laughs> that's cool it's pretty funny yeah it is funny um yeah and then you see like this guy's just fully crazy um and he's, he's excellent I'll take my worldly forger with me to the spirit world um and yeah and you see um I'm gonna prepare the boy for the funeral pass brother Bunsen <laughs> um and then you see it's kind of creepy you see the judge child knows that the needle's coming in so it's time. You've brought the dr- drug. No use hiding it from you, is there, kid? You know everything. Not everything. I see the needle, but then only shadows. He can't see his own future. Isn't, isn't that the fact? Yeah, I guess at first I thought that he couldn't see the future because he wasn't going to be conscious for it, but I guess it's just that he can't see his own future. It's just perhaps it is death. Um, yeah, and then we see Dread come in. Password, yeah, I'm a little short of words today, fellas. Will this do? And he does like a massive kick, flying kick. Uh, <laughs> if hanging off the, um, the, the door sill or whatever you call it, like, you know, he's hanging off that door, part of the door, and just absolutely dominating them with a double kick. He's got each of them on the, on the jaw. That would do some damage to your jaw. Could you imagine getting a kick like that from Judge Dread? Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't feel good. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. 
Um, but then he, what I love is that Dredd gets so close to the kid. He's like, work like a charm. And that's the boy, all right. Hard to believe I found him. It's been almost too easy. And then the guy pumps him with the needle. The kid doesn't tell me everything, but sometimes he talks in his sleep. He happened to mention you might be calling brother judge. I got to say, uh, he's got Dredd in quite the compromising position there. <laughs> yes. Actually, that's a good point. I didn't, didn't notice that. But yeah, it's uh, Dredd's really kind of slammed down on the ground. His ass in the air. For uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> old Um, Yeah, and then, of course, they're going to commit the cardinal sin of when you capture Judge Dredd, you know, like just keeping him around as a captive always never works out well for the people doing the the kidnapping, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. never once worked out in their favour. <laughs> yeah, generally, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, if you've got Dredd in a position where you might actually kill him, like... You know, it's probably wisest to do so because it will come back and bite you otherwise. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> um, all right, so Rod Smith's still on our duties. Um, yeah, and this opening splash is another where you're just like, man, this guy was just tearing through these pages. Yeah, it's an amazing level of work. I was looking at it last night just going, I, I just wonder how long that would take, you know? Like, yeah, no, I don't it's know crazy. Especially, that. you know, he had these issues to do every week, but yeah. I guess they are switching out artists, so maybe he had a little bit of lead time. But it's like you would think yeah. that just drawing this page would take, you know, a couple of days. Yeah, well, that's right. They do switch out Brian Boland, Ron Smith, and uh, Mike McMahon. Um, all very much, you know, classic artists of on Dread, like some of the best artists of all time, sw- swapping out. So they had a strong team. Um, and uh, and then we see, behold, the skies burst. It's those other gods weeping. They fear my coming. They cannot match the magnificence of my garbage. And he's like whipping the <laughs> whipping the people. Move your dogs. Destiny awaits the garbage god. He's just fully saying. I like this guy who says, um, one of the offsiders, you slaves wait here. When word has come that Pharaoh and Bird Boy are dead, your throats will be cut. Your spirits will guard Pharaoh's tomb forever. And if you believe that, you'll believe anything. <laughs> like it's just like there's quite a lot of um subtle humor or i don't know if it's subtle but there's humor in in the strip as well like it doesn't i always found that kind of cool like it's it's like no matter what happens there's always a little bit of humor of some sort you know like (laughs) and and sometimes it's more than others so like sometimes it's kind of quite wacky and not that far away from a Lobo kind of thing, but usually it's more of a sarcastic kind of tone. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's almost like um, a satire, but then also sometimes it's kind of wackier. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I and I think um, Alan Grant, if you look at his record, I think he lends himself to a bit of that, you know? Mm-hmm. And they work so well together. I'm trying to find what Zombie Dread was that, that reanimated, because we should do that one, you know? Sounds a, good. Yeah, I, I reckon the idea of a zombie dread, a zombie dread one might be our next one, where we we cover whatever zombie dreads. Because I think there's one storyline that's just dread zombie dread, and then there's obviously the reanimation. So we could probably cover it in one you know one episode. Yeah, that'd be um, cool. Yeah, and um, I tried looking for it and it just kept coming up with um, Rob Zombie with dreadlocks. So <laughs> I, I keep coming up with the game Dread versus Zombies, but I'll find it. Oh, there's a game? Yeah, oh, there was a crappy game of some sort. Like, yeah, mm. like um, oh, kind of yeah. like one of those mobile games. Oh, I see. Yeah, but I mean, 
Don't forget, Rebellion are a video game company, actually, that own Judge Dredd. You know? Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, the Sniper Elite's their biggest game. They also did Rogue Trooper, um, which is <coughs> 2000 OD property. Um, uh, so there's a, there's a few things going on. Anyway, um, all right. So the I love the artwork on the bike coming back in again. The Ghost Rider again, blow him away. And is it? Yeah, it is shooting. Uh, death to the Brotherhood of Trash. <laughs> and then Dred's like, about time, fix these chains. And then he holds his hands up, and the and the you know the bike shoots out the chains. He trusts that bike, doesn't he? And then there he, he just slams onto it with chains still around his wrist, like the broken chains. Um, just jumps on. Um, so is the bike? Um, is the bike like an AI, or does he just control it? No, I think it's got like um, he can sort of. It's got like some sort of AI. I don't think he can do everything, but it can respond gotcha. to commands like in the computer. Like he can tell it to do. That's what he does. He tells it to do stuff, and then he's like, you know, shoot everyone and come <clears throat> to me, and it'll it will do it. Gotcha. Um, I couldn't remember if we saw like the bike talk. You know, I'm thinking of Walter. I think. Well, well it keeps saying he, he. It doesn't talk normally. But when he gives it instructions, it says Wilco. Like, it just confirms. It's like oh, Roger kind of thing. Like, he's, you know... So it's got some sort of um, internal computer able to do stuff like this, which is handy. Um, you know, and and I, I love the Lawmaster. I've always loved those bikes. Um, and, oh, uh, yeah, they're cool. Yeah, they're cool. And then, um, then we see this scene, which I had to read a couple of times because, like... He's got the child in one with a massive spike, so the tomb has got a massive spike in it. Um, you know, the coffin's got a huge spike in it. Just remember to close the lid as soon as I'm dead. I don't want to be left without my spirit guide. How shall I? How shall? How will I die? We shall see. Come, death, I am ready. It's not smart to keep a garbage god waiting. And then he's like, death in black. Excellent. Black is my favorite color. Take me. And then Dred's just like, request granted, and just shoots him straight away. Yeah, they say something about death. Later on, too, I thought that was interesting. They say something about what? <clears throat> Death in Black, like at the very end, right? In the last chapter, I just thought that was weird. Yeah, and then he's like, "Cause I had to read this a couple of times." He's like, "I want that boy alive, creep." Um, and then he's about to get him, and then this guy's like, "My guide, you won't steal my guide, Pharaoh. He's still alive." And then he slams it down, and I didn't realize the next page where he's like, "I had him in my grasp, the child who could have saved my city, and I lost him. I failed, failed." And I was like, "What happened?" But then I realized the spike was there, so it just like skewered this kid. But then you find out, obviously, that um, it's a it's a dummy because they they've they've swapped out the kid. And it's yeah, I think my confusion is. I don't remember seeing, like, the coffin lid. If you go back a page, I didn't, but if you go back, if you go back um, a page to where... Oh, I see. Because it says Judge Child on it, doesn't massive it? Spike and the and, and the child's in it, and then next to it is Pharaoh saying, just remember to close that lid as soon as I'm dead. So I didn't see the spike the first time. And I was like, well, why did closing a coffin lid just kill him? But that's why. <laughs> There's a massive oh, well, I was confused because I thought that the coffin lid, like, I guess we don't really see how this this pharaoh guy dies, do we? Well, Dredd shot him, but then he was still alive. Okay. So Dredd, and he killed, okay. see, Dredd shoots him through the, basically, heart or chest. 
but he was so alive enough that he that he he then slammed down the lid on the kid. I see. See, that was my confusion because I thought we were supposed to be seeing the pharaoh's downfall somehow. Like you know, he took him out again, but we're just seeing that he kills the child for the spike. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and then <clears throat> basically pharaoh's um, offsiders are getting um, <laughs> sort of just killed. Basically, they're putting them on skateboards. And um and then just I don't know what they're doing. They're just oh they're just smashing them down. So like they're just going yeah. down into sort of smashing all into each other. It's pretty cool. Um, uh, the garbage vaults. Yeah. 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 Or oh they found them. Okay, never mind. But um yeah, I guess my other confusion is, and this maybe isn't confusion or maybe it's just a plot hole, but uh, I guess I'm confused how the garbage people knew about the prophecy because. The only reason they would have a thing that says the judge child with an eagle on it is if they knew about the prophecy that the. Good point. Um, I mean, maybe the. Yeah, it's probably just a plot hole or the whatever. Ju- but... Yeah, well, maybe the judge child had told them, told Farah, because yeah. he knew could everything. Be. Could be. You know, yeah. who knows? Um, but anyway, so th- this one guy's escaped with the re- with the real judge child. Yeah. Oh. Which? Oh yeah, it was the um, brother Bunsen, right? Yeah, but now he's called Brother Death. Right, okay. Yeah, you want me to take this one just to yeah, help you, out here? Yeah, yeah, go, go ahead. Cool. Um, so, yeah, they go to Texas. Uh, and Texas City, it almost it's almost like a theme park type casino place. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Um, everything's so, big. Yeah, everything's big. Uh, and there's a lot of, like, uh, <clears throat> attractions or... Uh, like dangerous yeah, like rides and stuff, like you know. Yeah, like this one is shake hands with the thing from the pit, and you win money. And this other guy's lifting a thousand pounds. Um, but yeah, so the judge or not the um, brother death is set up there as a fortune teller. Yeah. Uh, and this guy, uh, what's the name of the cowboy? Uh, which one? The 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 what the the cowpoke who got blinded, old man Joe, I think his name is. <clears throat> no, I was looking at the guy that um that ends up stealing the judge or the judge child. Uh, Power Angel. Yeah, Paw Angel. Yeah, so Paw Angel goes in there and he figures out that he's not actually uh psychic and that he's using this judge child. Yeah, and he's not happy. Man. Yeah, and I really liked the this mean machine guy. I thought he was pretty funny. He's one of he's the got a dial on his head. Goes from one, two, three, four. <laughs> yep, he's one of the all-time great characters in Judge Red. He comes back uh, again and again. He is he is oh, cool. he's like that. a he he's like one of the you know sort of like most classic Judge Red enemies. Gotcha, and uh, I mean, I guess he's. Pa Angel's son, I think they're all supposed to be his son. Yeah, they're all related. So you got Pa, you got Junior, um, you got Fink. Um, I'm not sure about the rest of them, but yeah, and you've got um, Mean Machine. Mean Machine as well, yes. I'm just looking at the Mean Machine, uh, Junior. I'm not sure what the other one is with the, um, the sort of older one with the skull. And then you've got Pa, who's the older one, and you've got Fink, who's the kind of crazy one. Um, but okay, I thought I guess there was only four of them. Yeah, they're a pretty they're a pretty damn cool uh, outfit. The 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 Angel Gang. They're in the movie, right? Oh yeah, they're remember mean, they're in the movie. Are they? They're in the, the original. The original movie, yeah. When when he crash lands oh, okay. in the wastelands, they're the 
the, when when their ship crash lands in the wastelands, they're the gang that captures them, captures Rob Schneider oh. and Stallone. I haven't seen that in so long. I have to check that out again. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So uh, we see they kind of intimidate this. Uh, what do we call him, Brother Death? Yeah. Into giving up the Judge Child with the Mean Machine. Yes. And uh, Judge uh, Judge Death, or I'm sorry, I keep getting the name confused. Brother Death. Mm. <clears throat> Goes running out of there and uh, knocks this guy into the pit with the uh, with the giant hand <laughs> with the thing from the pit, and it crushes the guy as it was prophesized that the uh, by the judge child. Yep. And he runs up to the jaws of doom, and uh, he's climbing up that, and then Paw Angel lets loose the thing from the pit mm. into the jaws of doom high dive. So yes. basically, Dread is chasing up uh, Brother Death, and then they've got this giant hand with a mouth chasing after them. And it's pretty awesome when Dread does the dive, which is almost like a leap of faith from Assassin's Creed. And it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a death dive, and they're like, wait, you forgot your prize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of weird that they were so concerned about getting him his prize. Like, <laughs> they all seem like uh, pretty criminal reprobates. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's I, cool. I guess I didn't understand uh, why Dread was chasing. Uh, I guess <clears throat> did um, Judge Death or I keep calling him Judge Death? Did Brother Death surrender the Judge Child before he ran away from Dread? I'm not sure. Um, well, let's have a look. Well, he's trying to escape the creature. <clears throat> yeah, he's trying to escape the creature, man. I only want the child, so he doesn't know where the child is. He's just trying to find the child. So Dredd doesn't know where the child is, so he's he's chasing the guy to get the information on the child, <coughs> I assume. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then yeah, and that. then the thing comes after him and you know, yada 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 and then um But basically, unfortunately what's happened is um uh, somewhere out there is a child that will save my city. I'll find him or I'll never return to Mega City One. That Judge Red sure walks tall. So again, the Angel Gang have have now captured um, the uh, Judge Child and have absconded from Texas City. Um, yeah, and then the but he does break the uh, gives the thing a broken arm and he leaves the yes. uh, Brother Death hanging from the jaws of doom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, he doesn't need him anymore. Um, yeah, and and that's that. And then the next one is a very, very big moment in 2008 history because it's the first appearance ever of Judge Hershey, um, who is one of Dredd's uh, longest supporting characters and becomes later on Chief Judge way down the line and is still a factor in 2008 and a big player. And this was it was cool to see her very first... Uh, Appearances as a young judge helping out Judge Dredd on this on this case because they they're taking Justice One into space to capture the um, Angel Gang and recover the Judge Child. Uh, yeah. And we and we see Dredd. It's so funny. Uh, Winslow and accounts. Uh, he's saying he's here to make sure it doesn't get too expensive. He's like, this mission can't get too expensive. You're dead weight here, Winslow. Sling your hook. You just see Winslow just having to leave. <laughs> Yeah, he's like pouting as he walks away. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like yeah, you're gone. Um, and then uh, even Hershey's like, "Phew, old Stony Face is in a bad mood today." From what I've heard, he's in a bad mood every day. 
and you see Dred's notes. I, I quite enjoyed Dred's notes in his little folder, um, where he's saying he, he, he doesn't... Slight worry on Lopez, don't like to see a judge with facial hair. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of um, obsessed with this guy's moustache. Yeah, well, he just doesn't like it because he thinks it's taking too much pride in your appearance and it's not a beauty contest to be a judge. Uh, fine words from fine words from Judge Red, basically. Well, I can tell Dredd that that mustache didn't age that well. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sort of porn star mustache he had. Um, and then okay, so then we get um, what I did like is while they're searching for the judge child, they're not afraid to go on a few side missions, you know. Yeah, exactly. This is kind of where we really get away. Um, this one and the next, say, I don't know, 10, 11 yeah. of these issues, they really get away from even having much to do with the judge child, which yeah. is fine. It's just, yeah. Yeah, but it's it, it's a bit of fun. And so you see <clears throat> that um, they get a signal from this ship and, and the and the captain of the ship saying, oh, you know, um, uh let, let let people know at home that we're going uh, all A-OK, making lots of lovely money. Um, but that ship had disappeared without trace over three years ago. Dread goes across. Uh, the entire crew's dead. And is kind of floating around, including Captain Flint. <laughs> Jim Flint. He's just there with like a full-on desk mask, sort of like smile. <laughs> yeah, the smile's a bit creepy. Yeah, it is uh, creepy. This actually kind of reminds me of one of my favourite movies. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, Event Horizon. Oh, yeah. I saw it many, many years ago. It is a good movie. Yeah. But it reminds me of that, where the ship's kind of alive. In this case, it's AI, but in the movie, it's, like, become possessed by a demon, but I just thought it was kind of neat. Yeah, that's a crazy movie from memory. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. Doesn't it end with them in hell or something? Uh, I'm not... I don't think it ends with them in hell, but that's, like, the story where the ship came back from hell or something. Right, okay. Um, but it might, maybe, there's a couple survivors. But wow. I watched that movie when I was way too young on cable. <laughs> it's uh, very, uh, it was surprisingly, like, violent for yeah. a movie. It's ever. got um, an Australian actor in it, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Oh, no, it's, has it got Sam Neill in it? Yeah, he's the... Yeah, um, New Zealand actor. Him and Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, that's right. Larry Fishburne and, and Sam Neill. Yeah, good, good movie. Um, now, so it turns out it's AI uh, and the robot's there. And you see, I like the way that, like, when Dred's captured, he shoots out Hershey's robot and she shoots out his. Yeah, and the the whole thing is that the space didn't want to get decommissioned, so they're trying to... Yeah. yeah. It, it's yeah. just... But uh, unfortunately... Um, you know, he's like, please don't hurt me. I still have many useful years left. There can only be one answer to that. Request denied. And then and then Dred shoots him. Um, and then he says he's decided to speak to Lopez about his moustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the next one was a fun one. Um, quite humorous. Just really a side story about these two apes uh, that are fighting over the affections of this other ape. Like, all sort of Neanderthals, I guess you could say, more than apes. Um, yeah, quite quite a busty female. Yes. Yeah, and, and then um, the hilarious part is that um, uh, Dread comes down and he's just like most odd behaviour from these from these people. And then he's like natives on planet Ombra still in primitive state. No likelihood Judge Charles kidnapper saw refuge there. Continuing with mission, and then he winds up on the cave as the dreaded face of God. <laughs> yeah. Um... 
Well, and the whole thing was that they were dueling for this woman, and the one guy knew he couldn't take the other guy with his strength, so he was trying to get God on his side or something, right? Or yeah. The gods, yeah. So that was kind of neat. Yeah, it was cool. Um, you know, just, 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 just a bit of fun, really. Uh, like, if you know, like, and, and just a fun side story, which is exactly what it was. Then we got to a really cool storyline, which was the planet of the body brokers. I, I liked the sort of concept of this, actually. Like... <coughs> Basically, people could insert their consciousness into other bodies. Am I right? Um, yeah, it was almost like you could rent them, and they're initially kind of proposed as like almost look like they're prostitutes. But then later on, you find out like the police chief or the president is, oh. or not the president, but the this rock star is like renting out their bodies. That's kind of neat. Yeah, no, it was cool. I I, I really um. I really enjoyed this one. I thought I thought there were some cool ideas, and like it was kind of almost a bit ahead of its time, you know. Like I think um, it, it's even before like sort of Neuromancer, which is a big early '80s book, which really sort of prophesized the advent of internet and everything like that. You know, like it's always okay. cited as one of the sort of first things, uh, and and this is well, isn't that the one that they late, like uh, lately said. Um... Mm-hmm. It created the term metafiction or something or meta. I'm not sure. I thought there was a whole thing about that story and then the the new Facebook announcement with Meta. But anyway, I, I did, did want to say real quick that I think that this uh, Ron Smith. I think I actually prefer his art to McMahon personally. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, they they. I like both of them, but I I, I do I do enjoy um, Ron Smith. He's got a very unique style. Um, and it's sort of like, once you get in the flow of it, I find it very readable, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, McMahon's totally different. They couldn't be more different, really, could they? You know? Completely. Yeah, his is more like scratchy, um, but, you know, both really great. Yeah. Uh, another good artist, uh, that really, I think, bears some, um, similarity to McMahon is Cam Kennedy. You familiar with his work? He's done a bit of DC work and stuff <coughs> as well. Um, a little bit. <coughs> yeah, a little bit I am. Really I can like see the, the, yeah, the resemblance there. You got a strain of COVID over there? You got a bit of Omicron going on down the line there, Adam? <laughs> we, you... uh, no, but I've been uh, I've been sick like since two, three Saturdays ago. It's insane. Three Saturdays sick, ago? Right now, Jesus. Like wow, wee. What's that? Yeah, three Saturdays? That, that, that's, 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 that's a lengthy illness. Did you get a COVID know, test? Yeah. Did you get a COVID test? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Came back negative? Negative. Positive for AIDS, but negative for COVID. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're always like, you haven't got COVID, but you do have cancer. You're like, oh, yay. Can, can I swap? Yeah, I don't have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have COVID. Oh, great. I don't have sniffles. Um, yeah, no, so anyway. Uh, all right, so, yeah, I just like the idea. I, I like the idea, and, and I was kind of trying to get to the bottom of it. So when they, they, they steal the president's biochip, and I see, and then the rock star actually is then taking the role of the president and doesn't know what he's doing because normally the president's renting his body, correct? Yeah, but I'm still just like, uh, I mean, it's fine, but I just thought it was kind of silly that they let the rock star be the president. Yeah, well, that's wacky 2000 AD for you, isn't it, really? You know, yeah. Like at the beginning in this story, it almost seemed like he was just the the rock star happened to be the president. Like it yes. took a while for you before you got into it, and we're like, oh, I see. 
Yeah, totally. And then and then you find out the aliens, um, the amputated aliens are kind of servants or slaves, um, probably more servants. And whereas the unamputated aliens are just like put him to the claw, to the claw, to the claw, and um, they're really sort of like. Um, kind of like very anti-human because obviously the humans have colonised this planet and sort of like forced them to be servants and stuff. Yeah. And um, if I can just get a little, and you're probably going to enjoy this bit of a deep uh, thematic uh, insight from me. It's very rare and signal that I do these, but I see dread shooting out the wings of the aliens and, and plunging them from the wow. sky. Yeah. And isn't that symbolic of Western imperialism? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty proud. Of, pretty proud of myself right now. Um, just, I'm just blown away. Yeah, I know it's pretty <laughs> deep stuff. Um, well, we could probably shut the podcast down now. And um, we we no, it was played. pretty cool though. Good observation. Thank you very much. I was was by chance as well. Like I just happened to glance at it and had the thought hit the same time that I saw it, and I just thought, well. It's a home run, you know? Um, yeah, so John Wick. So I think, you know, the eternal debate of if it's a satire or not, uh, I guess this page could be considered satirical, couldn't it? Or at least yeah. a commentary on, you know, I don't even know what the word is to describe it, like a commentary on the political structure, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Um, but even after that, uh, the it, it continues. Um, and then I do like at the end... Um, he actually gets the he 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 gets the biochip. He says, "President Carlos biochip, give it to me, and no one else gets hurt." And and the chief's like, "Have it. We cannot resist you. You are you are not like the other humans. You are the destroyer." Beats me why you wanted it. From what I've seen, the humans on this planet are all crazy. It is piteous. We are not evil creatures. We have hopes and dreams, just like humans. We only wanted to force the humans to give us the secret of the biochip. Then we too could live forever. And what creature does not want that? And he's like, me, for one. You must take your problem up with the humans of this planet. My only concern is with this biochip. I like that as well. So I do think it's a little bit like... I do, you know, I don't want to overstate it, but I do feel they are sort of like, you know, kind of like, you know, at least tackling an issue. You know what I mean? Like in the, in the service yeah, of the story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like yeah, and I mean, I didn't expect going into this story for them to really be kind of the good guys, right? Um, yeah. Actually, you know, real quick, though, I want to tr- test my mute just to make sure that I'm not... Sure. Uh, so I'm going to mute real quick, and then I'm going to count to three, and let me know if you hear me count to three. Okay. Did you hear me? I heard nothing, man. Oh, good, okay. I just didn't want to be coughing into the mic this whole time. I know I let a few through, but I just wanted yeah, to... Yeah, it's sure, okay. Sure we understand... We understand you're probably on death's door, but you're you're still recording dread or dead. And let's let's not forget it, it's called dread or dead. So if you do die, um, at least you will have this final record. You know this final record out yes. to the void. And I, yeah, I, and I mean, I thought it was like dread or death. So I thought if I didn't do it, you know, maybe I would die. I yeah, thought, I'd send I'd send Judge Death to you, and he'd peer at your bedside, <laughs> and be like, "Few run so eagerly, judgment sinner." Um, I did enjoy the other day you on Twitter because you, you know me, I, I like an abrasive tweet every now and then. Uh, that guy who was putting out his commentary on every fucking movie in existence and then he was complaining when people were commenting on his comments and you made an amusing comment to him. Yeah, I don't get it. There's so many people that are like, uh, I want to put my opinion out there, but they yeah. don't want people to like yeah. 
push back. I, I don't care, like, I don't care to, even to push back, but it's just like they don't care to hear anybody say anything back. And it's like, yeah. For me, like, part of the fun of doing this podcast is to maybe hear from people, like, hey, sure. I enjoyed the show or have some kind of discussion. But instead, some people just want to, like, have a platform to make their proclamation. Oh, I, I hate it. Especially sometimes you see, I don't want to hear any comments on this, but here's my thing. It's like, why Why do you even put it out there then, you know? Right. Like, wouldn't it be more fun to have a discussion about your take? Like, it doesn't matter if, you know, we don't have to argue about it, but we just discuss Generally very precious people, born victims, basically. (laughs) You know, born victims who are looking to sort of make themselves (coughs) victims. Like, they're desperate to be a victim, basically, you know. And uh, and I enjoy commenting on those people. I'm saying, well, mission mission fail. I'm commenting right now, you know. Right, the guy just seemed like a super dick. He was like, (laughs) he also said, some people were asking me for this uh, template, for this photo, and it was like, why would I take the time to do that? Why would you expect a complete stranger to take time out of their day to help you? I'm like, they're just asking you to post the picture. Like, calm down. What a fuckwit, though, as well. Like, like honestly, the and guy I sounds like a... Disliked him. Yeah, the guy's a real piece of work, obviously. Like, he's, he's really out there to sort of... He's trying to cause waves, but, like, he's making an absolute clown of himself, basically. You know? For sure. Yeah, I, I read a couple of his comments, and a couple of them I laughed at, but then I was like, he was also like, just, you could tell he was too precious for words, you know? Yeah, and he really just hates any of the movies coming out in the next year, <laughs> except for Avatar 2. He wants to see Avatar 2. Yeah, he was real hot on the Avatar movies. <laughs> yeah, like, that was actually what was funny, that he was really excited for Avatar, which is pretty much the first person I've heard who's really excited for the <laughs> Avatar sequels. Yeah, like, I'll see it, but it was just the fact that he was like, yeah. throwing so much shade at everything. be funny to go back and Avatar go, Avatar 2. Are you James Cameron? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How funny, by the way, while I've got you on, is Ridley Scott at the moment. Ridley Scott is just going on an absolute blinder of a press tour, just basically just dominating interviewers. Did you hear that guy who said to him that... um. Uh, the last duel was more... I'll, I'll give you the exact quote because it's going to come up in the signal and I do want to share it with uh, listeners because it's absolute gold. So really, Scott's been out doing promotion for that house of um, whatever, uh, Gushi, and then um, uh, last duel. So, yeah, he got candid with a journalist during an overseas press tour for the film. The ch- journalist is seen giving a backhanded compliment of sorts, remarking that the last duel is a very li- realistic film. He goes on to know it looks more realistic than Scott's other films, Kingdom of Heaven or Robin Hood. But he doesn't get much further, as Ridley Scott it immediately cuts him off. Sir, fuck you. Fuck you, he replies. Thank you very much. Fuck you. Go fuck yourself, sir. Go on. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Ridley Scott just... He, he's just got no patience for anyone anymore. I love it. He just... He goes straight away to his... He's just like, fuck you. This is my opinion. If you don't like it, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess it probably, like, isn't that great of a compliment, but still, just, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> but the way you keep going, fuck you, go fuck yourself, sir. Fuck you, fuck you, thank you, go on. And then yeah. the end, he's like, go on. <laughs> so, like, apparently the guy yeah. interviewing was, like, laughing. <laughs> <laughs> funny. But, but he's, I like, do, 91. Uh... He's, like, old as fucking anything. So... Yeah, it's crazy some of these guys, like, doing stuff... That, at that age, like uh, the George Miller and um, the Lethal Weapon guy was going to come back and do another Lethal Weapon, and yeah, I don't think George Miller's ninety. 
I, I think George Miller might be in his 70s. Let's have a look at how old oh, George okay. Miller is. I don't think he's that old. Um, he's 70, I guess I didn't. He's 76. Uh, he's Australian, so I keep an eye on George Miller. I was, I was pretty confident. Is Ridley Scott that old, though? Pretty confident I saw Ridley Scott's 91. Um, 84. 84? Oh, I thought he was 91. I'm thinking of Clint Eastwood. Still, 84 is getting up there, too. I, 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 I well, saw... hell, I mean, Clint Eastwood's doing double duty at 94. That's crazy. Or yeah, 91. I know. But Clint Eastwood is a machine, you know? Um, likes, keeps his stuff on. Clint Eastwood, apparently, he, he does one or two takes, you know? He doesn't hang around yeah, too that's long. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, he, he, yeah he's, he's... He's got some great product. He's got some I great mean... product. Gets it done, very efficient, gets it done, one, two takes, and he's like, yep, next, next shot. Let's move it on, move it on, move it on, you know? Do you remember uh, Tony Scott, um, when he died, how he committed suicide. apparently jumped off a bridge or something? Yeah, he committed suicide. I, I forget how, but yeah, he committed suicide. Um, it's pretty hardcore to jump off a bridge, but... Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know what was going on with his lifestyle, but, like, something was going on, and, um, yeah, he just, he cashed out. Big time. I think he, um, had some kind of terminal cancer or something. Oh, did he? Right. Yeah, he did a lot of good movies. Um, yeah, maybe he just sort of said to himself, fuck it, like, you know, it's over. Um... Ridley Scott described his brother's death as inexplicable, stating Tony had been fighting a lengthy battle with cancer, um, which you just announced. Um, so, yeah, maybe he was just... Maybe he just had enough, you know? Um, but, you know, maybe he had, um, you know, mental issues as well, or maybe he just thought, fuck it, like, I'm, I'm going to die of cancer, it's going to be a miserable death, cash out, you know? At least he didn't take anyone else with him. I hate those guys who do the murder suicides. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Oh, fuck them. I hate them so much. It's like, seriously, if you want to put a fucking gun in your mouth and blow yourself away, feel free. But, like, do you have to take your family out with you? You know? Yeah. It's not the Viking times, you know? Where you threw the wives and concubines onto the, (laughs) you know, ship. Although, when I die, I do expect that to happen. You know, I, you know, obviously I am a Viking, so that unfortunately for Michelle, she's going to wind up on the ship. But, but that's that's yep. the laws of the Viking society. I'm sorry, I can't break her. You know. Um, anyway, getting back to Judge Red. Um, Judge Red. Uh, oh yeah, this was the this was kind of the the, the planet that's alive. Um, well, did we get to the fact? Uh, you might have already said, and I missed it or forget, but the fact that the president then puts his body in one of the flying creatures oh, because yeah, he right. liked being able to fly and <laughs> yeah, then yeah. insists on their, uh, uh, what is it, uh, equal rights for them. Yeah, it's 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 a bit of a pat ending, but like, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, and everyone lives happily ever after. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm sure, I'm sure that won't cause any problems in society. Uh, the, the president's now one of the aliens, and he's now bossing everyone around. But it was a cool concept, though. You know, like, in a sense, it reminded me with the body swapping of some stuff that's in, like, Transmetropolitan. Um, obviously, that's a lot later, and it's more kind of taken more seriously in a way. But some of the stuff that's in Transmetropolitan, I can definitely see a cross-pollination with 2000 AD concepts. Um, okay. You know, and that's not, uh, you know unremarkable like Warren Ellis UK background you know probably grew up in that kind of sphere uh, yeah. and kind of took it to the next level with with his are we allowed to say Warren Ellis is he or you know <laughs> do we get deleted from the internet 
I'm offended. <laughs> I'm personally very offended. He hasn't said sorry to you personally yet, has he? Has he reached out to you personally to say sorry for causing all this trouble? You know, Honestly, I don't pick up his calls anymore. So. I don't pick up his calls. I, I liked it when they were like, we're not going to forgive Warren Ellis until he individually makes you know, recompense with every single person. I'm like, what are you looking for, cash, or are you looking for an apology? <laughs> yeah, um, I'll be honest, like, I'm not even saying this because of his, rep, you know, his newfound reputation, but I never was, like, a big Warren Ellis guy. I know you are, but I found, like, a lot of times his stuff was maybe a little over my head or something. I like some of his stuff a lot. Um, his authority... His uh, transmetropolitan and his planetary, like a lot. Everything else, I, I've enjoyed, but I, but those particular things, I like a lot. Um, yeah, those are the trifecta I was here about. Yeah, yeah. It, look, I've read. I probably haven't read him as widely as, but other stuff, I'm like, yeah, it's good. Like, it's not bad or anything. It's good. But I find for me, they're awesome. You know, and like. Uh, but, you know, he's one of those guys, too, who's peak. So what he's putting out now, I'm sorry. I've read some of his more, and when I say recent, stuff in the last 10 years, and I'm like, no, I'm not really feeling this at all. Like, that stuff goes over my head more. You know, I'm like, I don't quite understand yeah. what the fuck is going on, you know? They all kind of seem to get there eventually, don't they? Or, well, not all of them, but Most. a lot of them will just get to the point in their career where you're just like, uh, no. Nah. I tell you, someone who's gone up in my estimation a hell of a lot recently is James Dimatteis. Um, I've been reading a lot of his stuff, and I'm like, I dig it. Like it's different from what stuff I normally read, but I, I'm 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 reading because I'm preparing for my next James Dimatteis interview. So I read a bit of the material, you know. I sprinkle it around so I have sort of, you know, more than just Spider-Man questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and he's very good. He's very consistent. You know? Um, yeah, I'll be honest. I've not been up on his stuff that much other than, like, his collaborations with uh, Giffen more. But, um, well, yeah, so, from what you say, he's done all sorts of great stuff that I need to go back and check well, it's out. it's like Chuck Dixon. Like, Chuck, he's just so consistent. And Jane DiMatteis, completely different style of writer. Com you know, but, but similar. Very high quality consistently. You know? Yeah, I'll say... Um, Sometimes I feel like his like magic stuff isn't for me. Mm. Uh, so I'm talking about like his Doctor uh, Doctor Fate or whatever. He did some Doctor Fate, yeah, Doctor Fate and uh, Spectre, mm. where I'm like, mm, this is a little too like I don't know spiritual or yeah, and he does love that something. kind of stuff. His Spider Man's very good, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. From yeah. what I've read, yeah, yeah, and I mean, I and I, I'll tell you, I and I have no interest in in the uh, fourth world stuff generally, like Jack Kirby's fourth world. I've just never gotten into it. But I just, by chance, picked up James Dimitase's Forever People that he did in the late 80s, a six issue. I'm really enjoying it. Like, it's really interesting. Oh, wow. I didn't know he did that. Is that the one with... Uh... It's got, like, all the Forever People in it. Like, I don't even know their names, like Big Bear and all those guys. Like, it's, it's you know, the Space Hippies, those guys. Yeah, I uh, was trying to think of the artist, but I can't think of who it is. But uh, well, uh, Paris Car Collins, I think. Yes, uh, with Carl Kessel on in King Judy's, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I had no idea that was JM. That's cool. I have to yeah, look into that one. Look, it's good. I mean, look, I'm just, I'm just saying he's gone up in my estimation a hell of a lot. Um, 
always oh, liked for him. Sure, because yeah. among the among the new gods, the forever people are probably like the least interesting. So if he can do that interestingly, then and that's exactly why I plucked it out. You know, because I wanted to just see something like that, like where I'm like, I just want to see his take on it kind of thing. And it's six issues, so, you know, you don't feel like you're trapped into a never-ending kind of, like, loop. Yeah, for sure. Now, turning back to this, so basically it's just a funny storyline where Dread and the Justice One wind up inside this sort of, like, big uh, plant-style kind of alien, and then Dread obviously busts out. Um, Yeah, and it's, like, the size of a planet, right? Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I find the visual just really interesting and terrifying. You know, it's almost like uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, New Hope with the snake that comes, or the big worm that comes out of the planet, but this is yes. like the actual planet. It's yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, no, it's pretty cool. And it's like, we're free. The creature is dead, Judge Red. Yeah, mm-hmm. even a heart that big can be broken. Let's skip the celebrations and get moving. I love Dread. He's just always like. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they're after the Oracle Spice. And then we go to what I consider one of the best storylines in this saga, which is the war games that are going on. That was cool. I, I didn't want to say, though, I feel like the, the spice thing was maybe influenced by the Dune stuff. That's kind of what I felt like. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And um, for those scoring at home, the original Dune came out, I believe, in the late 60s, so well in advance of this storyline. Um, now, I loved this wargaming story because I think, again, it's that kind of, like, humour. They have the advertisements, um, and it's very similar to, you know, like, the kind of sports commentary that we hear, you know? Like, especially these days, like, honestly, you watch sports now, the amount of talking heads doing play-by-play descriptions, at times, yeah. I find, at times I find it almost overwhelming, you know? Like, at, at times I'm like, you know what I would love? The game. <laughs> like... Yeah, and sometimes, like, it's hard to watch as a, like, a casual viewer. Yeah. Because you know, you're like, I don't care about all this. <laughs> yeah, they just add so much. They throw the kitchen sink at it. Like, I was watching the cricket yesterday, and I said to Michelle, you know what? I'm so sick of hearing every single thing analysed to the point it's being analysed and described. Like, I don't care that much. I saw... The ball that was bowled, I saw the hit. I know what's going on. I don't need everything to be drilled into, like to this level. Yeah, and then they have the playback and the playback and yeah. the playback from another angle. <laughs> yeah, no, let's go to another angle there. Let's go to such and such in the lab so we can break this down. One of their things they do here, similar to baseball, is they give you the hit velocity. I don't care about the hit velocity. They're like, oh, it's 158 miles per hour. And it's like, as it leaves the bat, you're like, oh. Oh, wow, they do that. See, I feel like in the in here they always more do the pitch velocity. I don't really. Oh, they also do the hit velocity now too. Oh, do they? Yeah, That's... the hit off the bat. Uh, they stole it from baseball, which started doing it like a while ago. Well, it's like science has taken us so far. Now we can yeah. say, you know, what color socks he's wearing, even though you has them covered. One <laughs> thing like I, I don't mind is the distance the ball will travel. They'll track it and say, oh, it, was, it would have traveled 120 meters, uh, but it stopped 109 because that's, you know, where it hit the stands. That I find interesting. But, like, hearing the hit velocity, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. You know? <laughs> like, like, what am I supposed to do with that information? You know what I mean? Like, it's so boring. And, and yeah, they ask I mean, the to me, it's only ever it. interesting if it's like a record setter, you know? Otherwise, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But they, but like you ask a player about it, do you really think a player is thinking I've really got to get my hit velocity up? He's, he's thinking about striking the ball well and, and you know timing, but it's more of a feel thing, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just it, it like honestly, it, sometimes I wish there was an option. You know what the option I wish there was at times, you could have the ambiance of the crowd noise, but not the commentary. So you'd have the sound of the like in baseball the throw the hit, the crowd noise, but just not the commentary. Because at times I feel like I need a rest from them. You know? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, so, yeah, well, you know, um, you know, there's a suggestion for sports networks out there. That's so. not a bad idea. Then it would almost be like you're there. You know? Yeah, well, I used to, when I used to be heavily into the um, uh, tennis, <clears throat> so for a while, for years ago, I used to, like, watch and gamble a bit on the tennis. And when you're gambling on the tennis at times... You want to see what's going on, you know, and I used to get like a lot of screens going and uh, I used to get often uh, some of the Grand Slams uh, outside matches without commentary. So you just have the visual and you'd have, so you'd have exactly what I'm telling you. You'd have the sound of the actual match, but there was no commentators there. It was just the match itself. Oh, okay. And I used to enjoy it, man. That's when, you, when you're gambling out of the, on, you know, court 10 in the second round of the French Open. <laughs> you got some cash riding on it. That's when you're alive, my friend. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> no, it, it was good. It was good stuff, man. But anyway, back to Judge Dredd. Uh, so the I I, I, I just really enjoyed this storyline. I, I just think that, like, honestly, um, if people you know can um, go back and, and read this stuff, and uh, it just really holds up. You see Hershey and Dredd come in to this basically world where they fight like sanctioned battles where people die and it's like say 12 different races and then the non-combatants are in the particular battle are commentating on the actual race it's cool so you've got like the war the, you know the war correspondent there like this little frog kind of guy um yeah. and it's just it's just craziness it's 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 good fun you've got the war wheel going on i never forget that war wheel that massive thing that just goes down and it's just it's yeah, just, yeah. and it's just annihilating people <laughs> like that is pretty cool there's something kind of like that in at dc where uh a big war wheel like that but uh this also kind of reminded me of i remember in history class they always told us about uh, in the U.S., I don't know if it was Res- Revolutionary War, or, uh, Civil War. They had a war. Did they have a war wheel back then? Jesus. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh, but uh, you know, early on, they always treated war as if it was like a spectator thing. Like people would come out and watch it. Really? And it's just kind of odd to think that people wow. have that attitude, and this is kind of that, uh, you know, an evolution of that. Oh, I think, you know where I think we'll wind up? And it might not be in the next 10 or 20 years, but the 50, I think we'll wind up back in the arena. I really do. I think that'll happen. I really do. I think, I don't think as a culture, we're that far away, especially with the corporatization of everything. I don't think we're that far away from sanctioned death fights at some point in the future. Really. You know? Scary. Yeah. Is it? Or is it entertaining? You know? I don't know what I mean. <laughs> I'm not that scared by it. Are you not it. entertained? I, uh, yeah, like, that's the thing. I'm not that scared by it. If, if people wish to do it... I mean, think about the UFC and, and, and how violent that is. And, and then take that up a few notches and start handing people a few more axes and swords and shit and saying, get out there and do it. You, you can't you tell me... Pe- see, man. People would tune in, man. That's the thing. People would tune in. 
Oh, absolutely, they would. People are nuts. I'd love it, man. I mean, right now it's probably happening in China, you know? Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's happening somewhere. Black Ops. Black Ops, Dark Web. We've been there before, the Dark Web. Someday I'll find out what it even is. Can you imagine? <laughs> we always talk about it. No idea how to get there. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, so it's it's just pretty cool. Like, uh, Dredd comes in, he takes the flag, of course, and, and plants it down, and then they tell him that um, there's a referee's whistle, and he calls him a foul. No player may plant the battle standard before all the enemy have been killed. More slaughter for the folks at home, man. Eh? Well, read your rule book again, creep. It said no player. I'm not a player. I'm a natural hazard. And because that's how they were considered. Because that's very war gamey, that terminology. Uh, like the old style, you know, because but, uh, they used to play, before computers are a big thing, they would play the war games, and they still do now, on like tabletop, you know? So people, yeah, okay. would, people would fight out like Gettysburg, you know? Have, have, you, ever, have you seen any of this ever? Like not, I'm not talking about like the Civil War reenactment guys. I'm talking about the they they would actually play the war out as like a role playing thing, a strategic mm, thing. No, not really. Yeah, and they try to win the war, man. Try to try to turn back. I mean, the is time. it like more intense than say something like Risk? <laughs> I mean, similar. Yeah, but it's it's oh, okay. it's just more detailed. I think you know what <clears> you know. Pretty... Yeah, it's it's similar, like in concept, but it's more detailed. Like I think it's it's more like you have might have. The sort of similar forces to whatever forces they had on Gettysburg, and yeah, it's kind of need, you know, more like um, specific to the what yeah. you're recreating. Well, uh, you know, in the states, don't you guys have the Civil War reenactment guys that go and do all the yeah. reenactments? Which I can never understand. Like, what? Like, is there no chance of the reverse result happening? So you just, if you're going to die, you just go to there to die. Great. Yeah, I think it's more just like theater, almost like. Yeah. For themselves, <laughs> I'm staying at home. If that's the case, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Like that's to me, that's boring. Um, there's a there's a good Kirby enthusiasm episode where they do a civil war reenactment, and Larry gets in trouble for some reason. Is that the one with uh, Lin Manuel Miranda? Maybe, but it might be uh, earlier. I oh, okay. he doesn't sit, he doesn't lie down or something at the right time. He he wants he doesn't want to be there, obviously. And you know they've got to lie down to be dead, and I think he doesn't do it or something and gets in trouble. <laughs> I uh, actually only just watched like all of that show this year. It's so good. It's a great, great show. Um, all right. So what, what's funny as well is like um, Dred's like you kill for sport. You talk about evil. Be thankful I don't have more time to spend here on my planet. I'd have you all in isolation queue. And Hershey's like, come on, let's scram before you start doing things I'm going to regret. <laughs> and they're <laughs> fighting each other. The, the the reporters are all fighting each other, like the commentators. <laughs> yeah, and then I think they said their planets were going to war, like, next week. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a tight tussle. I liked one guy uh, who's like, they're real cackers, jump. They shoot straight and punch hard. Good basic skills. That's what the game's all about, uh, which is very similar if someone was commentating on the soccer or something. Like, it's all fundamentals. Like, you know, <laughs> take, a break, take it back to basics, you know, blah, blah, blah. They always, they always go back to that kind of stuff. Now, do you want to take us through the next one, which is the Necromancer, as this heads <clears> up? Yeah, yeah. One more thing I was going to say. I like that they are able to call timeouts, and the yeah. one commander calls a timeout right when he's about to be, like, stabbed through the stomach. Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> uh, yeah, so the Necromancer, this one's Mike McMahon again. Yep. Who draws a really creepy Necromancer grabbing their ship mm. there, uh, like a, more just like a tease. Can I just say I really like the ship design? 
Like, it's really an old-school kind of rocket design. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's uh, simple, yet um, effective. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Sorry, I'm trying to reorient myself. With no, this you're one. right. You're right. Uh, so they're in the ship, and okay, I guess I didn't realize that that they were just like imagining or teasing the story with the giant um, necromancer, but he actually is like grabbing the ship, and his claws sink into the ship, and then they're attacked by these dragons, um, which takes them down to this planet. Uh, I think this is where they're headed to get the spice, right? They yes. Like yeah, yeah. They, they, they've been told by the. Someone in the sort of like set of the wargaming thing told them that it's very evil, the planet, but that's where the spice is, and he recommended it against them going. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and yeah, so on this planet, they're taking these, uh, they feed Tin Fat Man with 40 days of feeding. So essentially, they I guess they took 40 days to just eat, eat, eat. Um, and they're going to take them to sacrifice, which is when uh, Dread approaches and sees this. Uh, ghastly ritual and these uh watchers are pretty cool they're mm. they look like giant guys with like stock eyes and swords yeah, something crazy. out of um master of the universe yeah very very sword and sorcery very conan almost comics you know yeah yeah i can see that um but <clears throat> the necromancer discovers that dread is getting involved and he kind of has a dread voodoo doll, I think. And he's able to control these soldiers as if they were, um, like he has a knife and then the soldiers is coming up with uh, stabbing dread. But it ends with dread stuck in a bubble and he's getting stabbed. <clears throat> One second. And yeah, he does, he does get fully stabbed. So it's actually like a full, what's weird is this is a full defeat of dread, actually, this particular one. That is interesting. Yeah, we don't see that a lot. I, I don't ever remember Dread, because when I saw it, it looks like he's he's being stabbed or about to be, but then you find out he actually was fully stabbed and killed. Yeah, I was trying to look ahead to kind of figure out. Yeah, and I guess the Necromancer was just able to bring him back to life. Yeah, and he and he and he says, "Well, um, uh, I'm alive, no wound." So it's like that's pretty cool that somewhere in the in the timeline he was actually stabbed and killed. Like that surprised me. Yeah, that is interesting. <clears throat> Even if just for you know, sometimes with comic book deaths, I feel like sometimes it's like here's a death that uh, you know, like say they kill off Superman, but then it turns out he's not really dead. But in this case, he actually was dead just briefly, like within an issue. So it's just kind of interesting the way they handle the comic book death yeah. sometimes. Um, but yeah, there's this giant toe that they're f sacrificing all these uh, fat guys to. And I think what happens is that for every life he's given, he gives one drop of this uh, spice. Yes, exactly. Exactly, which is the arrangement he has with the necromancer. Yeah, and I don't remember the necromancer's deal, but I know he used to look like a normal guy, and through use of the spice, he's become... Yeah. Come to look like the frog. Essentially. He looks fully like insane. Um, yeah, it's he, he's he, he's basically intensely crazy. I like the bit where he quotes his mother. Um, even though she died ten thousand years ago, even though I have grown immensely old, immensely ugly, immensely evil, I still remember those simple words my dear mother taught me. It's a sin to waste good food. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And then he tosses him into the pit uh, with the frog. 
but Dredd still has his knife, and yeah, really, it looks like he's able to, I guess, at least escape the frog pretty easily. Um, and I guess he uses his bike, which uh, he grabs a spike from out of the wall and he throws it at the necromancer, which causes the necromancer to fall down in the pit and be eaten. And then also the spike that was piercing the necromancer when the frog eats him kills the frog, I think. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and then <clears throat> when he kills the necromancer, the watches vanish as well. Oh, okay, I missed that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, they crumble to dust. That's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, so this is kind of a... <clears throat> like you said, it almost seems like it could have been like a Conan story um, with the evil... Sorcerer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, for, for sure. No, it, it, it's a cool storyline. Like, um, you know, it's dark. I think it fits, um, you know, um, I think it fits the sort of ambiance of Michael Mann's art, art style that matches up with the sort of, you know, sword and sorcery angle. Yeah, yeah, I think he's, yeah, I think he's more suited for this kind of story than um, Ron, what was the other guy's name? Ron something? Ron, Ron Smith, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he would have been as suited to this kind of story. No, so. Ron Smith is much more Mega City One based, like large crowd scenes, kind of bizarre stuff inside the Mega Cities. You know what I mean? Rather than a sordid sorcery tale on an alien planet, like Ron Smith's almost—I always think of him as like he's a really good Mega City One artist. You know? Yeah, for sure, because all that the detail that he puts in there. Yeah, yeah, that's just my interpretation of what I've said. Now, the next one is one of the most famous episodes of um, the Judge Child Quest, which is the Jigsaw disease. The, the, yeah. Basically... Sorry, I was going to say, that was the one I was trying to reference earlier with this crazy planet. Yeah, it's a weird planet. Great artwork by Brian Boland, and this disease that's taking this guy apart piece by piece by piece. And it's so funny when Dredd gives um, the Oracle Spice to, the, uh, what's his name, uh, Lopez, because he's the, he's considered the most, uh, your personal profile shows you to be the most unstable member of this crew, the most receptive to information from the Oracle Spice. Now, kindly get on with it. And then he's fully, like, screaming and goes through a coma and gives them some clues to go down to this planet called Bedlam, um, which is where this Prosser, uh, who was the pilot of um, the Angel Gang has caught this disease and he's just starting to vanish. Yeah, I feel bad for Lopez. I mean, he gets kind of yeah. screwed with this. Yeah. I feel like they could have probably, you know, just done less than at one drop, right? Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, but... You, you know, know, just wipes him on his tongue or something. The thing is, Dredd doesn't... Um, the, the Dredd doesn't mess around. Like, he's all about the mission, you know? He doesn't have like a ton of humanity. <laughs> no, yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and I say that as one of his biggest fans. Like, he, he does, he's, he's sort of very expedient, uh, and, you know, he'll, he'll do what it takes. And if that means, he normally puts himself in the line. Like, so if he was the only person on the ship, he would definitely have taken it himself. But he judged, he made the call that Lopez... He's, he's too much in touch with his emotions to be a judge, but it actually helps for this thing, you know, where he can go on kind of the spirit quest. Yeah, and um, it also, like, at the beginning of the story, 
he says to the accountant guy or whatever, he's like, well, this this case can cost whatever it needs or whatever. And, yeah. Uh, in this case, you know, human life also is... Yeah, well, uh, very good point there. The mission. Now, it's yeah. funny that the guy dying of the jigsaw disease thinks that the pills are going to take help him, but actually they, they speed up the process. <laughs> yeah, he actually steals them because the guy tells him that he doesn't have anything for them, but... The, you know, we find out at the end of this chapter that they're actually like mercy pills that are going to kill him yeah. quicker. And then he's he's trying to escape. His hand disappears or his fingertips. <laughs> he falls down. <laughs> and then and Dred's well, like... This is after he climbed up a stairway to nowhere. Which yeah. Which is like, what is with this planet? <laughs> yeah. And um, <clears throat> and then he's like, drop this planet. This The hard part is going to be getting to him. Um, he gets there, and it's basically almost his eyes are left, and there's almost nothing going on, and he tells the storyline of how he was the pilot. Um, it took the Angel Gang, and they're just getting more and more crazy. Um, the judge child actually tells him, disease takes you, no hands to hold your money, no eyes to see. Ha ha, all the king's horses and all the king's men will never put Humpty together again. Um and so the judge child is just getting more and more sort of like um, uh, almost, you know, he looks kind of evil in the in the in the artwork. Like it's almost like reveling in the fact he's telling people they're going to die. Um, yeah, and it would make sense if this guy, you know, was in any way doing any harm to him. But for all we know, this pilot really didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, exactly. And um, well, he wanted the cash. That was it. His sin was greed. Uh, and I always yeah, found I this so. really kind of like... I remember reading this uh, for the first time. And the scene where it goes down to the guy, just the guy's mouth, and then that, that disappears, and he's saying, the boy killed me as surely as if he struck a knife in my heart. He sent me to my death, and he laughed about it. Your precious judge child is evil. Evil. And then literally the mouth disappears. I always found that kind of eerie. You know, that, oh, like, yeah, for sure. It's someone, pretty chilling. Yeah, it just he actually winks out of existence, you know? Yeah, and uh, yeah, his whole point is that he never would have gotten the disease if he, if not for the prophecy. Yeah, so that was kind of interesting because that's what get on got him kicked off the ship, right? Yes, yeah, and um, yeah, well, that's exactly that's exactly right. He, it, it all sort of it, it's all circular. They got rid of him, then he got the disease, but the disease isn't contagious. So couldn't you question? I, I don't know. I'm just like he didn't really catch the disease off anyone. So didn't he just have the disease? Like, how can you stop the disease if... It's like cancer. You, you don't catch it off anyone, but you could genetically be predisposed you know, to it. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean... It's... <clears throat> do they say it's not contagious? Yes, they do. At one point, they say it's lucky it's not contagious. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's just a... It was just a question I had. Like... Is it a you know? Does the judge child really push him to get the disease or not? I don't know. I mean, I would say so because I would say that like um, even if let's say fifty percent of humans get it yeah. um, when they're on this planet, maybe is what it is. So it's like right. Judge Dredd wasn't susceptible to it because his genetics were immune to it, but this other guy wasn't. I've got you. So I, I assume that he got it on the planet. Yeah, well, that's one my question. Like, is it a disease you could get anywhere, or is it just on this planet? Yeah, that was... I assume just because of how, like, abstract the disease is and also how abstract the planet is that yeah. they must be linked. Oh, that's, a good, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
Um, yeah. But anyway, um, the next one is a great storyline, um, this salesman story. I thought this was really cool. Like, this salesman is Oh, yeah, so I like weird. this one a lot. That's yeah. Cool. Do you want to take us through this one? Because it really is a good one, I think, frankly. <clears throat> you know, um, I actually wouldn't mind if you'd take it just because oh, yeah, I feel like my throat's... Mm. Yeah, of course. I appreciate um, it. So, in this one, uh, this salesman comes on board the ship, and he's got, like, this bag uh, of all this kind of crap that's inside the bag, and um, way more than the bag could hold. So, clearly, he's got some sort of a, a warp thing in the bag where he can he can hold all this stuff in. He's like, you will like this one, one ninja dragon, complete with rider. And and Dred's like, we've grown out a toy salesman. Uh, he's like, no toy friend, it's alive, it's tiny now, but just say the word and you'll have a hundred tons of living, raging, fire-spitting, raging here and here. And then he's like, well, perhaps you're selling. And he, he buys all items. He goes, we're not buying or selling, pack the junk away, salesman. So the salesman's getting grumpy because Judge Dredd's just got absolutely no <coughs> desire to do business with this guy. Um, honestly the salesman is the type of thing I could see giving me like nightmares you know like it's not that he's like particularly evil but it's just how like weird it is um, immoral I guess that he is yeah and weird and he's also a weird design you know yeah very uh, it's tribal almost you know yeah that's what yeah it's it's just a weird like the whole thing is just odd and and then anyway he, he freezes down Hershey and then Judge Dredd, uh, but Dredd gets his respirator down, which then um, he wakes up, and he's inside the um, box, and he, he wakes up Hershey and the other judge, and he gets, my guess is we're in the salesman's suitcase, um, and then you have the robots who are questioning the salesman, uh, the judges have disappeared, you salesman, what have you done with them? I, Zork's my good robot. You don't think I have them? Where could I hide them? As you see, there's only me in my little suitcase. Um, then he kicks a suitcase, but inside the suitcase is Judge Dredd. And uh, Dredd isn't to be messed around with. Um, and uh, he gets the bike, and I believe... Does he just... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to blast through the case. The ship's robots are our only chance. Um, and then Dredd comes out like a miniature Dredd. Um... And he comes out blasting. Uh, they take out the salesman's feet. Uh, they shoot out the little globe, which is the space warp. Um, and I think uh, you've been in Dread. The space warp's not him cold. We've not won yet. All the monsters come out, um, including the dragon, which I love. Like the dragon with the rider on it comes out. Um, I, I don't think the dragon wants to come quietly, Dread. Hold on. Got to bust it down. Um, black globes had spilled onto the, onto the floor among the silver. They had to be reverse weight space warps. Got to bust it open, return myself to normal size. A lot of the way, it's just like, they've got to be reverse space warps. <laughs> um, and so that uh, stops the miniaturization for Dread. Luckily, not for the others, you know? Why do you say luckily? Well, uh, the like the other, like the dragon, for example. Oh, I hear you mean. I thought you meant like the other. Um, no, the other judges. No, yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, the other judges. They, the, he, and then he puts the salesman in. Uh, you, you'll have to go on with the other salesman. You're going to have a long sleep. When you wake up, you get to find out what they call us judges. Until then, this case is closed, and he like locks the case. Um, yeah, no. So it's interesting, and and then he's saying that um, they're going to take the others back. Doesn't he say they're going to take the others back to, um, yeah, 
I'll use a space warp to return the crew to normal and we repack the suitcase. The creatures can be safely released and examined back on Earth. Our scientists will have a field day. So that's the end of that storyline. Um, and then we're getting to more to the nuts and bolts now of the story starting to really pay off, which is we're back with the Angel Gang and the Angel Gang are on this planet and you see Mean Machine are getting just downright surly with people. Um, and... Yeah, they go in and they, they break into this uh, hotel. They take the penthouse suite. They kick this guy out of the penthouse suite. They literally, literally kick him out, which is kind of funny. Um, and the, the judge tells telling him, you brothering idiots, you think you're safe here, but you're wrong. You're all going to die. Um, so the, the kid is just pretty much, um, death is coming. I have seen him. Death is coming for all of you. Death in black, which is what you noted before. Uh, yeah. I guess it's just Judge Red, isn't it? You know? I guess so. I always kind of imagined him more being, like, in blue, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, I mean, we've seen him, his colours. It's black. He wears black. It's black leathers, basically. Okay, all right. I always thought it was, like, a navy blue, but... Yeah, let's, sure. let's have a little look. I'll, I'll, I'll... Yeah, I could see why you say navy blue. I mean, it's a, dark, it's a very, very dark blue slash black. With the yellow shoulder pads and then the green, you know, boots Yeah, it could be just because if they had it matte black, it wouldn't look as good as if it had like a... Yeah. You know, a blue tint, maybe. Yeah, 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 right. Good point, actually. Um, but I did like <coughs> the Judge Child appears uh, to Judge Dredd in a vision. And he's like, quite a bag of tricks, aren't you? Even I don't know the extent, full extent of my powers. I'm learning all the time. Watch. And he says, I know, you think I'm evil. Don't judge me too soon, Judge Reed. There is evil in all of us. Evil even in you. Uh, and then he's like, uh, uh, give me a coin on Sanzanadu. No, it will not be so easy. There is darkness ahead. I can see many futures, but not my own. The final act has begun. Let it be played out to the end. And and what a treat this would have been for readers back in the day. Like, so Can you imagine? Like This has gone, this storyline's gone for almost half a year. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it does go for basically half a year. But yeah, to finally get here to things wrapping up. It would have really, there would have been a lot of excitement. Um, I remember when I was reading Judge Red, the Oz storyline went for about 30 issues and that was, I was just obsessed with it, you know, like week after week, you know, you were just hanging on it kind of thing. Um, Okay, so my name is Dredd. Some of you may know me. Some of you may even be hiding from me. If so, this is your lucky day. I don't want you. I'm only here for one thing. The crew of that starship. And then he's like, they're all like, go home, Lord Jockey. No one in Xanadu tells the law nothing because it's kind of a criminal enclave. And then he uh-huh. dr- dr- just literally uh, <laughs> hands out money. And he's like, it's raining. They're like, it's raining money. There's two more sacks where that came from. For the man or thing that can lead me to the angel gang. I love it. You know? It's great. Yeah, I, I feel like if you would have just saved that other bag of money, it would have been more enticing for somebody to tell him though. Yeah, why did he, he dump two bags? Yeah, one would have been enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, and now, next up is a very famous scene that was has been referenced a lot, um, where these people come to basically, uh, they, they're like, Dread, come this way. We've got um, you know information. And then they're like, get him, rip that money. It's like, taps, I guessed as much. You creeps must think I sailed through space on a synthy biscuit. And you see Dread there just hammering them. Um and he's just killing all these people. Like, <laughs> <clears throat> what does he say? Taps. What does that mean? 
I think it's just slang for like oh, mu- okay. muggers, you know. Sure. Um, but I I had to judge a role playing game, and that it had a lot of stuff from the um, comics, like you know, in the sort of inserts, and uh, that it, it always had that one. I always liked him saying that. You Christmas think I sailed through space on a synthy biscuit. <laughs> um, and he's just I like the way he's just killing them all this planet needs a few judges but I'm concerned only with the Judge Giles kidnappers the Angel Gang um, and like meanwhile the Angel Gang are like just killing people left and right like um, <laughs> hey Junior better not kill anymore else there'll be no one left for us to bully that'll be dumb Link when they're, when they're all dead we can just move to another town the, the Angel Gang are just unrepentant killers basically um, yeah, for sure. And uh, the especially judge, uh, Junior, he's a bastard. Yeah, Junior's the, probably the worst, but they're all pretty bad. But Junior is like the most psychotic. Uh, yeah. Mean Machine's not far behind either. Uh, then you'll see. You'll think that'll you'll stop sooner than you think. Judge Red is coming, coming to judge you. You're lying. Dread will never find us, and even if he does, he'll kill him. And he's like, Dread will find you. Be sure of it. You've left a trail a blind man can follow. Um, and then, funnily enough. A blind guy, my name is Old Joe Blind, um, literally, who's been blinded by the Angel Gang and just constantly gets tortured by them throughout this storyline. <laughs> I thought it was funny. He says his name is Old Joe Blind, but he's been blind for like a day. <laughs> yes, I know, yeah. Well, that's a good point. Like, as, yeah, exactly, yes. That, that, is, that, is, that is a good point. Um and I also love this scene where the angels sent you to go get us, Judge Red. If they don't kill you, they'll kill us. And he's like, boys, you're making a big, big mistake. I'm the one you should be afraid of. And it, is, it takes 15 years to train a judge. 15 years on the toughest school on earth. 15 years of iron discipline, rigid self-control, concentrated aggression. By the time a judge hits the streets, he's no longer a man. He's a machine. He's like, I warned you. You know, like, you just cannot be dread easily in a fight, basically. Hmm. When it comes to a knockdown brawl, dread has a sizable advantage across most competence, you know? Um, then we have... He's tracking them down. Um, it's a pretty interesting battle, actually. Um, he blows off Me Machine's arm. Um, just completely, and he's like, blew my arm right off. Lucky it was only my real one because the other one's got the claw on it. Um, yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, the Me Machine's not too concerned about losing his arm. Um, and then unfortunately, uh, Link, who's the other brother, I think, gets hold of um, old blind Joe and starts torturing him again. And the Me Machine sees his chance, headbutts him. Um, you got him, mean stinking law rat. This dial on my head's got four settings. See, for you, I'm going all the way. And he goes to four. <laughs> <laughs> which is as big as it gets. Yeah, uh, which was what we've all been waiting right? Yeah, and then Dredd smacks him with his chain, which gets the dial stuck on four and a half, and he goes on a, on a head-butting rampage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think um, he knocks out his own brother, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he knocks out his own brother and he's just going crazy. Um, and then he, he goes into the gas pump and blows himself up. Two down and two to go. Par and Junior must have the boy. You're hurt pretty bad, old-timer. Reckon I've just about had a judge, but bandaged me up and sent me on the horse. I got too much hate to die. And then they go to Grunwald's Kingdom, which is in the robot freak state. Um, and basically this is where it really uh, it, it starts paying off and you see 
uh, Parr and Junior, uh, with Grimald observing, are trying to basically stave off, uh, firstly, these weird robots that are Grimwald's robots, and then secondly, you see Judge Red um, coming, and the way he speaks Grimwald, almost like a robot himself, because Dredd's saying, oh, Brooke, no interference with my mission. Any person or robot that gets in my way will be executed. Under Section 34B of the Security of the City Act, you've been formally warned. Um, so Grimwald doesn't attack him, um, and then you see uh, Par, Par Angel get snipered by Judge Dredd. 12 kilometres is the, is the distance, man, on the sniper rifle. The long yeah, gun. Yeah, quite far. The long gun. Glint of metal in the fo- foothills. Might be them. I'll try the long gun. And then it really is a long gun. It literally is a long gun. And then, he, yeah, he snipers uh, <laughs> Par Angel. Um, it's kind of crazy. Grunwald is, like, loving it. Like, Mount Fire is erupting. Again, Grunwald, excellent. A perfect backdrop to the human drama being played out today. Uh, it really is quite dramatic, isn't it? Reminiscent, uh, reminded me of uh, the scenes on Revenge of the Sith on Mustafa at the end. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, like, I mean, just like the full-on, like, almost operatic kind of ending. Um, yeah, that's some of the best stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is, 100%. And then and then you see Pa, like, giving the farewell to Judia. Uh, <laughs> of course, your, pa, your Pa's got to take some of the credit. One wrong move at a tender age can turn a boy good for life, but I was careful. I never rushed you. Well, I didn't even let you kill him by two. He was at least three. And then the junior's like, there was that old tramp pa. I guess he was, didn't count, though. He was near dead anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these guys are pretty twisted. They're pretty twisted. They're a pretty crazy little gang. Um, unfortunately, uh, for um, Dredd goes after the guy. Unfortunately, Junior finds him again. <laughs> and he's like, not Junior Angel, not again. Ah! And he's like, poor devil. I know, this poor guy, man, yeah, three times. Get, he just gets hammered, hammered, hammered. Poor devil, they finish the job this time. I did it, me, Junior Angel. Come and get me, outlaw. Um, and then you see Dread. I like the images of him and Dread, like, sort of playing cat and mouse. Um, and then it all yeah. comes It all comes down to the the showdown. He's like, make your play. You're making a mistake, Dread. I'm the baddest man that ever lived. You should never give Junior, uh, Junior Angel a chance. You never had one, Vermin, and Dredd just, like, fully, like, shoots the lawgiver. He got me, and that ain't right. Ain't the way it's supposed to happen. I'll kill you, and Junior Angel, I find you guilty of foul crimes too numerous to mention. I sentence you to death. And then he just, like, fully, like, chucks him down into the into the uh, um, lava. And see here, you know, you, you've been saying, does Dredd kill? Well, as, and I did say to you, he will definitely execute uh, if the situation warrants it. And this situation is such a big mega epic with the stakes on the line so big, he, yeah. you notice there's no hesitation whatsoever. Right, yeah. Like, if he would have just put some cuffs on it, it would be a bit of a disappointing ending. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, well, exactly. There, there are sort of like, and this is what Rich doesn't quite understand, the, the rules around engagement change when it gets to this kind of a situation, you know? His, his only objective is to bring the judge child back. Bringing the prisoners back isn't even, you know, uh, it's not even a priority. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, but then you see um, 
it's Power Angel comes back. And he's like, murder, I call it. And now you're going to pay Judge Red. Run, Power Angel, run to your death. But Dredd won't kill you. No, that's a pleasure I'm keeping for myself. And then he fully, um, he fully kills, uh, what does he do? Yeah, he, he, he creates a force field when Dredd says, you are beyond help, Elmer Angel, you are sentenced to death. But he then stops with a force field that, and then he says, die. And he cracks the rock and Power Angel goes down and Dredd's really pissed off about it. Um, yeah, so it's kind of weird, like, the Judge Child, with his powers of prophecy, can pretty much mm. create a force field out of nowhere. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, well, I think his his powers are sort of, like, untapped. You know what I mean? Like, he's only coming into his full power. Right, like, um, it kind of makes me think of that Twilight Zone episode with the, uh, the kid that's, like, super powerful and can mm. basically, like, create anything or yeah. control all the people. Yeah, He's almost too powerful. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he says, uh, I've had my doubts about you for some time. This is dread. But but there may be some saving of you. Let me look into your eyes, boy. Let me see whether I find a misguided child or a creature of malice. I see only evil. Uh, it's as I feared. The boy is twisted. Warp beyond redemption. Such a one can never be chief judge of Mega City One. He's all yours, Grunwalder. So he just leaves him to the robot. Um, and then... Hershey and, the, Hershey and the other guy can't believe uh, that he, he left him behind, but he says, Judge Fay was wrong. The chief judge must be pure above corruption. We know that from past experience, re- referencing, like, Judge Caligula. Uh, the boy was evil. He could only bring disaster upon us. Whatever danger is to come, we must face it on our own. If we perish, so be it. Now let's go home. So, really, I think, if I think about it, it is weird that the disaster didn't happen but could that be because the disaster would have been perpetrated by the judge child himself? Do you see what I'm saying? Possibly. By bringing um, the judge child to the city, it could have brought doom upon the city itself. Is what is how I'm seeing it. Yeah, though it's weird that the prophecy would be that he could prevent it. When yeah, but, I was looking at it, I almost thought, and you, you've read the story, so you might know better. I thought that it sounded like... Um, I was looking at that sequel. It almost sounded like Judge Dredd travels to the future at some point. He to does. the point where Him it is Anderson. a disaster. Him and Anderson in the storyline, and it's been literally 30 years since I've read it, but Him and Anderson do travel to 2120 in, in the future where the disaster has happened, and it's linked to the Judge Child. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess my question was if, and that story is where, like, it ends with them somehow preventing it or something. Something know. like that, yeah. They, okay. You know, I think so I guess that's maybe why they didn't address it in 2120, because it had been addressed. stopped it. Yeah, that, that's right, actually. I still feel it would have been a bigger storyline than just a zombie reanimates the museum that Dread kills. Like, I still feel you could have done something. Uh, like yeah, that does seem kind of like... You know, like yeah. Dredd's standing there by the zombie, and then it comes up and he just shoots, and he's like, disaster over. <laughs> Disaster yeah, that's a bit of a letdown, I think. <laughs> yeah, and, and sometimes, weirdly, 2008 does that. They do these kind of like, sort of like fake payoffs, and I don't know, like it's almost like, to me, they're almost too clever for their own good. The, another thing I'm critical of at times is they'll bring back a really classic villain, but it's a really unsatisfying storyline. And I just think, why did you bring him back, you know, um, if you're not going to give him sort of his full due, you know? 
Yeah, I get that. That's annoying. Yeah. So is it like where they do it where they like um almost subvert your expectations yes. and kill them off like uh, Yeah. And but but like I'm thinking in particular of one really good villain called Trapper Hag who's in one really awesome episode and it's one episode of Judge Dredd but he's so good in it. And then they bring him back like 25 years later and it's just a really unsatisfying sequel that you wish they hadn't even done, you know? Yeah, I get that. That is upsetting. Yep. Now, the final one in this whole arc um, was Dread going back and basically being judged um, by the Council of Five, which was the first appearance of Judge Magruder, who later becomes Chief Judge. Judge Griffin is Chief Judge. And they're voting on whether to um, send out another mission to get the Judge Child. Um, and Griffin, actually, it's 2-1, I think, um, in favour of it, and maybe even 3-1, and then Griffin exercises his veto as Chief Judge and says, I'm sticking with Dread. Dread's showing cool. again. Yeah, well, it's good because even Magruder, who's one of the greatest Chief Judges of all time, she says no one can dispute Dread is a fine judge. And we can probably talk him around to staying because they're saying Dread will quit if we go back and get this judge child. Like he has made a judgment, you know. Um, but Griffin's like, don't forget. Oh, we'll read out what he says here. Um, uh, Magruder says, then so be it. Dread's a good judge. I'm not denying that, but he's too rigid in his ideas. This is a changing age. We must change with it. A reed that won't bend in the wind will always break. And Griffin says, perhaps some of you have short memories. I was with Dread in the war with Cal. He was all that stood between us and annihilation. He kept us together, forced us to fight when everything looked lost. If Dread had bent in the wind then, there would have been no megacity one today. I trusted his judgment then, and I trust it now. There will not be another mission to find the judge child. I am exercising my veto. Perhaps we could all do with a little more of what Dread's got, which I think is a really <coughs> good assessment by uh, Chief Judge Griffin. And, um, yeah, he sounds like he's got it together. He really does. And I even like Magruder, who's like, look, no one's denying he's a great judge. She, she gives her reasoning for it, and I believe later on um, says Dreb was right. There's a, in, in one of the storylines later on with, with Judge Child when he comes back, she says, no, Dreb, Dreb was correct in his assessment back then. You know? Yeah. Um, um, so I guess, uh, what is the story that uh, he's referring to, the war with Cal? Uh, we haven't covered it on the show, but C Judge Cal, Judge Caligula, was a, was basically there, sort of like a parody of the Roman Emperor Caligula, um, oh. and so this he he was the leader of the uh, SJS, the Special Judicial Unit or whatever, and he sees his power as Chief Judge, and he's just fully insane. It's fully a take on like the Roman Emperor Caligula. Yeah. Um, and he hires these alien mercenaries, and the Jay have to go kind of underground to beat them and stuff, and they do, and then Judge Griffin becomes chief judge, and so Dread sort of saves the city kind of thing. It's a, it's a pretty cool storyline. It's an earlier one. Um, yeah, that's cool. And that's what Judge Griffin's saying. He's like, well, slow down. Like, Judge Dredd's the one who saved this actual city from a madman, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it is disappointing now that you're telling me... Um because I actually didn't read this last chapter because I thought it was over. Right. Um, but seeing this wrap-up in the faith that um, the chief judge puts in dread, it would have been kind of interesting to do the follow-up, like you said, in the year um, 2120 or whatever. Well, what we will do at some point um, in the not-too-distant future is we'll do City of the Damned, which is a sequel to this, you know? 
Yeah. And there's another sequel. There's two sequels. There's a smaller sequel, and then there's the City of the Dam sequel. So we'll do those together <laughs> the, next, the next time we gather to cover The Judge Child, because I always feel it's a storyline they could do more with. Um, and there have been plenty of disasters, and they may even have said that, I think, that maybe Judge Faye was slightly wrong in his years, because uh, there's been plenty of disasters like Necropolis and other disasters that have decimated the city, Day of Chaos. So Mega City 1 hasn't been short of a disaster over the years, you know? Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Now, overall, I think it's a particularly strong Judge Red story. I'm giving it 9.5 out of 10. I th- I, it's amongst my favourites. I love it. What are, what are you thinking? Yeah, I uh, was kind of bouncing back and forth between a 9.5 and a 9. Mm. Um, I think I'll go with... Uh, I'll go with 9.5 just to be like, uh, you know, yeah. uh, vote, with, uh, vote with you. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. I think... Um, for this format of this early type of story where they like to do these long epics, I think it's the best one that I've read. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, all the side quest things were very interesting and at times even better than the main story. Yeah, no, I love it. I, I love the way that they string out the story um, and have all the side quests. I love that war game one. Um, it was a pleasure to read it. I haven't read it in probably over 10 years, and, and, and I forget some of the side stuff. Like, I, I honestly had forgotten the wargaming stuff. When I saw the war wheel, I then remembered it because I've seen it. I was like, oh, yeah, that brings it back, you know? Um, just really good storytelling. Alan Grant, John Wagner on absolute fire. Uh, the art, Brian Boland. Mike McMahon, Ron Smith, three of my favourites. You know, just bang, 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 just interchanging. It was it was really just an absolute pleasure to read. And what a feeling I must have been to have read this weekly at the time, you know? Yeah, that would be cool. Um, especially some of those, uh, like the one with Boland on uh, the planet with the, you know, the, the guy jig- that was feeding away. I thought yeah, that the jigsaw. in particular would have been a, quite a thrill to find. Um, For sure. And I think this is the first time I've read any of the Ron, you said Ron Smith. Ron Smith, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it was cool discovering another artist for me that I really liked. Did a lot of Judge <clears throat> Red in the, in the 80s. Did a lot of Judge Red in the 80s. I've read a lot of Judge Red from the 80s uh, that he did. You know, he was he was definitely prolific. He, he did some, mm, I want to say maybe some Rogue Trooper as well. Maybe I'm wrong there, but I know he did a lot of Judge Red in the 80s. Um, I think he passed away a couple of years ago, I think. Um, but definitely a, a fantastic artist. And I mean, isn't Dread blessed with some great artists like Carlos Equizara as well, the the uh, co-creator, Cam Kennedy, Ian Gibson. You know, really some some fantastic artists have worked on Dread. Yeah, some really gifted guys, and then also some gifted guys that were really, I feel like, kind of changing the scene of what you could do with art, you know? Like, yeah. uh, people like Flint Henry, I feel like. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Pretty experimental. Pretty damn cool, man. Well, look, I want to say thank you to the listeners. I hope you've enjoyed this, Dread Idea. This was an absolute pleasure to record. Um, we're going to close it up for this year. This will be our last one of the year, but we'll definitely be coming back in 2022 for more Dread or Dead. I want to say, look, at any time, if you have storylines that you want us to do, reach out to me on Facebook um, and we'll put those in the notes. We, we love doing Dread or Dead and, um, and, we, and we like to mix it up. And so I wanted to do this one because I consider this one of, one of the all-time classic storylines. 
um, and we'll cover a lot more in 2022. Um, as always, if you can support the show in any way, uh, we have the Patreon, um, Signal of Doom slash Patreon. No, patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. Um, it's much appreciated. It all goes towards show running costs. Uh, Adam, is there anything you'd like to cover? No, I don't think so. Uh, yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, keep it keep it legal on the streets. Otherwise, the Judge Red's going to come down hard on you. You know, <laughs> don't pull a Jossie Smollett out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely don't do that. All right, thank you and good night. <laughs>